I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. State of the Empire is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. And is brought to you in part by Consequence of Sound, the web's foremost source for music and film news, reviews, and insights. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to State of the Empire, the Star Wars speculation podcast where we look for news in all Duran places. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. Hey, I'm Matt. And I'm Colin. You may have noticed a certain couple differences here. One is the crisp, clear tone of Matt Spill in the studio. Hey, everybody. (laughs) I'm I'm here. I'm thrilled. What's it like to be able to smell us, Matt? It's weird. It's because I mean, talking into the just the void like is is very strange, and just hope that you guys catch on to what I'm I'm saying now. Like I have eyes feedback come back. Yeah, yeah, immediate. Yeah, yeah, like. Feedback that's like real, as opposed to like all the imaginary feedback. It's like <laughs> real, yeah. Because <laughs> now, now, like I'll see the glances when you guys are like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> and then we've also got Colin. Who I do, have you ever been on a State of the Empire before? I I I might have, but probably not. If it was, it was a long time ago. And a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> now, the reason we've got you on here, Colin, is not just because you're uh, fun and engaging and insightful, but also because you've recently been on a special journey. I have. A special mission, if you will, to watch all of the Clone Wars cartoon, because it's canon. Well, first question, I just, just real quick. You watched all the Clone Wars, but what order did you watch all the Clone Wars? Uh, well, what do you mean? Well, well because there there is a, uh, a a a split in the the chronology at points. Like later on, they'll come back and do a prequel to a certain story arc because I they thought there was an it, interesting story to tell later, or the episode may not have been finished, or something along those lines. Yeah, That's no, I watched it in order. Yeah, like Ahsoka's introduction was not at the actual chronological beginning of the series. It was like five or six episodes, like maybe not five or six. I think it was three episodes in. She actually makes her appearance. So Holy shit. <laughs> later on, they did two episodes that take place beforehand. So, Colin, when you said you, you did an order, you mean like air date order? Yeah, I mean, as as Netflix orders them, that is the order in which I watch them. Hmm. Now, that's actually uh, a story for another day, because that's going to be a standalone State of the Empire um, episode following this one. But we're all recording it in one night. So uh, we haven't actually done an episode since just prior to the Rogue One trailer release, which uh, just means we have a hell of a lot to talk about tonight. Um, last time we discussed the mysteries of Rogue One, there's still a lot of mystery, but, but now that trailer's out, like, as, as you recall, our last episode, there was nothing. I mean, there was next to nothing about this movie, and there's still shockingly little, so much less than we had about Force Awakens at this mm-hmm. point in time. 
but um but we have more now we have a lot more to go on so we're going to be revealing all that and uh also if this is your first time do not fear for, for spoilers because we have topical discussion on things that it's okay for you to know beforehand and then we open the blast doors and that's where we uh if well if you don't care about spoilers that's where you want to be so um it's, there will be a warning it, of when the blast doors will open in yeah, other it's, words it's all very clear uh don't sweat it and actually uh, i'm not i'm not clear i'm not clear on when you, you open about? the blast doors or close the blast doors you open the blast doors and the wrath tars get out and it spoils everything. <laughs> okay, so that's okay. Okay, now do you, you know, know what? You know, I just for needed such a, that. For such a mechanical genius, she certainly screwed that one up. Like, yeah, like, I, whatever. No, that's that's a big flaw, and it's like, and she's like a genius, and I'm like, yeah, you know, she's good, better than I was, you know, but you know, <laughs> better than you were in that same situation. Yeah, when yeah, you, yeah. When you had wrath tars. <laughs> um. So the the another big event outside of um well, Rogue One, is the uh, season finale of Star Wars Rebels, which also happened just after our last episode. And we'll talk about our reactions to that in a little bit, because certainly that was, uh, there was a lot of revelations. But that, I think, is probably a, a very stern post-Blast Doors kind of situation there. Um, let's open the floor with our reactions to the Rogue One trailer. How about you first, Matt, since you're the guest of honor here in the studio? Well... Okay, so so the the first the first reaction was obviously very positive, and actually there hasn't been a moment where it's been negative. I mean, I actually don't mind Jin Jin Erso's like one significant line all that much. I actually don't mind the I rebel thing. Like, I actually think that it's in context. That's that'll actually be much that's better. Jin Erso, uh, Felicity Jones's character. Yes, yes. We yeah. finally have some names. I hate it when a trailer Jin. spaces out dialogue to give it like a dramatic pause just for the sake of the trailer, as opposed to. What the scene demands. <laughs> I hate it worse when you can hear the audio cuts. Yeah, no, it's yeah, yeah, but whatever. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah, so, it, um, but it wasn't until like, and this is based on me seeing the trailer in in the theaters of like finally out during you know for Civil War, when that OG original gangster Star Destroyer <laughs> right, appears right. on screen <laughs> and it's huge. I yeah, lost it. Like, I mean, I'm like shaking in my seat, gripping the, you know, the, the, the armrest, just like, oh my God, oh my God, it's back on the screen. And then when the ATAT, which by the way, we, you know, like people point out the ATATs are differently sized in this trailer. It's amazing. By the way, that information was up online within 30 minutes of the trailer coming out. People going, oh, those aren't right, right scale. Those are going to be new models. And, or, you're, or, and you're right. It was just revealed that they're ATACT all-terrain armored cargo transports. It's amazing what Star Wars fans can point out right away. Like those, <laughs> it's those, incredible. Those fleet junkies that are into like all the vehicle yeah, designations yeah. is amazing. But so I have a question. Yeah. Do you think that it was because of the them finding out that it wasn't to scale that they were like, oh shit, they're right. We need to release them no, as a new no, model. I, no, I, I don't. No, actually, that. that's actually based on something they also just released. The um, the Celebration London poster that features cargo doors on the side of the AT ACT. The yeah, app, if if we app, got act. there's there are there are actual structural differences. It's just at a glance, like in the trailer, you wouldn't notice it. Mm -hmm. um, but there are because well, there there's so many other new vehicles that we've been seeing glimpses of. Yeah. You know that that are like the, like the tank that's in that trailer. Man, I think everybody probably had the same shared reaction of when those uh, klaxons in the Rebel base went off. Like, holy shit, chill invoking. And 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 on everyone's ringtones as I've come to, <laughs> come to discover. And and uh, and Mon Mothma, uh, like brilliantly cast, and a woman who was cast as the role in Episode Three, but her scenes were cut. Yeah, how mm. cool is that? Yeah, that's the talk about like 
you know, just kind of luck rolling around that she's probably got in some ways a much more significant role in this regard. No doubt. <laughs> well, because yeah. I, I, I don't think people I mean, you see Mon Mothma in Return of the Jedi, but I don't think f- unless you really follow up on it, there's there's not much understanding that she's the the political leader yeah. of the Rebel Alliance. And like unless you're like a real, you know, in-depth fan. Right. So even if she was in Revenge of the Sith, for those that would even remember that she was a character in Return of the Jedi, I don't think you put together that she would be end up be leading this alliance. Just like, oh, right. okay, they're connecting characters. But now you get Rogue One really tying like all of that together. And I really wish those scenes from Revenge of the Sith would be when, when the rebellion <laughs> is in its darkest hour. Like mm-hmm. this is this is how it's being run. Also, how, how great would that be if they did restore her scenes in Revenge of the Sith, which I don't think they'll ever mess with the prequels because, you know, there's just too much stigma. Yeah, to I mean, you know, to people them. love it the way it is. Why would you ever want to go back and change something when it's already perfect? But, so you sorry. know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty good. Um, it, it, it would just make a nice uh, transitional piece between the prequels and the original trilogy to see that sort of bridge. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, let me tell you, this so much about that trailer screamed glory days of lucas arts video games to me like yes, i would not be surprised yes. to see gareth edwards come out and say that he was fan of like the x-wing games dark forces, and dark forces yeah. and rebel well, assault I, I will just use this as a segue to dive into it right now and this is not again not a spoiler but this game is a partial adaptation of dark forces yeah, like it's movie? Un- undeniable this, mo- this yeah. movie is an yeah, adaptation sorry, it's, yeah. un- it's movie it's yes, Freudian it's slip because that's how, that's how yeah. much you see the similarity yeah like it's, it's got dark troopers it's about the the heist of the death star plans like that's it, it's it's literally mon mothma sending them on that secret mission to yes go get the death star it, it is it is straight up dark forces yeah. it's insane and 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 there are some you know like i i understand because you know they they don't want to put that out there that it's it's direct and i could see it just being a lot of incidental things but it's also just a lot of like obvious universal ideas coming together of like what would make a good movie Mm -hmm. and there are people like pablo hidalgo has come out and said some things kind of anti-dark forces and and doesn't like that comparison but like i don't think it hurts the movie to compare it that way no it's a beloved adventure that people went on yeah and 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 you know so what if it's jen urso instead of kyle katarn like quite frankly jen urso could end up being like a I mean, much more beloved character. And, and Jen Erso's name, like weirdly, uh, we from what we've seen so far, uh, Diego Luna's character, who is a dude with dark hair and a beard, who looks like Kyle Katarn, the lead character of Star Wars Dark Forces, he's not named Kyle Katarn, but Jen Erso has a name really, really similar to a supporting character in Dark Forces. What, what, do you remember uh, off the top? Jan Ors. Jan Ors, yeah. Which, you know, actually there was some speculation that she was playing Jan Ors, you know, way back, you know, a couple months ago. Yeah. So it's just kind of a weird sort of like, you know, putting that all together. And then, of course, people are like, Jan Ors is Asian. It's like, well, I mean, it's Star it's Wars. She's, she's, she's not Asian because it's, no, it's no a Asians. galaxy far, there is, far away. There's no yeah, Asian. It's but, just, yeah. uh, but the trailer was beautiful. The one complaint is that it weirdly follows that same format of the uh, initial Jurassic World and new Ghostbusters trailers of theme you know played with a slow one key piano thing and then like the pacing was all the same and the bomb, bomb. Uh, that that's way more just the marketing yeah. teams that that license this or or end up you know being responsible for this stuff just like falling into formulaic things I mean it happens with trailers so often now and and I think the big difference between Force Awakens effective trailers that you know, weren't using familiar formulas is that bad robot always does their trailers in house right, yeah. and are like very meticulously taken care of. And Rogue One, on the other hand, since it's not bad robot, it was just like, okay, you know, this, this, you know, LA, 
marketing firm is going to be in charge of the trailer and mm. they did it and they just did it like every other trailer unfortunately <laughs> right. so you just have to take what you see as opposed to like what you hear and the way it's cut and everything because you know they work with what they get colin what was your takeaway from the trailer oh i mean i loved it it was um truly and a fantastic trailer you guys said everything that i was going to say some people may remember me uh bringing up the kaibo ren from droids yeah yeah a, uh-huh. char- a character in droids a, a, a pirate called kaibo ren yeah. yes exactly only you know just add the little the little loop on the bottom of the l and that's the his only difference i mean there's actually a lot more than that uh his first mate was jin j-y-n oba <laughs> now it's not urso but it is another it's you know same first name and then another four letter last name. I, I'm just saying it's becoming a little too coincidental the, the, <laughs> the connections with droids. I'm just saying, like, for any fans, if they have somehow have the whole droids series, first of all, send me a copy because I've been dying to try to find a full copy of all droids, all Ewoks. Uh, that's um, uh, Star Wars at nerdyshow.com. Yeah. And uh, go through and try to figure out how droids plays into the new Star Wars canon, because I think they're following a blueprint that we're not aware of, but it's hidden in droids. <laughs> Sounds like wishful thinking, but I'm along <laughs> for the ride. I'll, I'll see where this goes. Now, um, we did get a, I think part, it's not exactly confirmed, but we got a list of characters, character names. Um, so Diego Luna's character is allegedly Captain Cassian Andor, um, and that's been coming from a few sources, but uh, Making Star Wars has also heard it as Cassian Willix. Interesting. Um, and uh, Alan Tudyk plays an enforcer droid that's going to be a CG character. Um, you can see him in the trailer briefly, uh, who's an Imperial model and is apparently uh, K250, but Making Star Wars has also reported that there's a good chance that it's K2SO, like not as, but like the other O, 50 was, sorry, so it would be K250. But it might actually be K2SO, and no one's quite sure yet. Hmm. Though there was some leaked images from an art book, allegedly, and I forget what it was in there. But I'm just saying, aesthetically, he looks like a mix between EV99 and HK47. And if that personality <laughs> is somewhere in there, no, I, so he good. is going to he is going to be the fan favorite. I think. Hmm. I mean, it's Alan Tudyk. I mean, he's he's great. Yeah, you wouldn't cast him just to be the. Oh, let me help you. Like just the boring <laughs> robot. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's he's probably gonna kick some ass. It's gonna be pretty great. I mean, just look at man, look at look at all the characterization they've they've breathed into the droids in Star Wars Rebels. Like, man, you wouldn't have suspected. I like there's they introduced a new droid character, an Imperial droid at that, uh at in like the second to last episode, and it, to be like the weird buddy of Chopper, and he's great. He's oh, like, he's he's amazing. Yeah, like, man. They, they need to make him a permanent member of that ca- of that crew. I think oh, they have. He's unbelievable. Feel... Uh, I hope so. <laughs> um, uh, ben Mendelsohn plays Director Krennic, uh, the, a military dictator of the Empire, uh, and Jian Wang plays uh, Baze, a freelance assassin. Um, there's also let's see, uh, Riz Ahmed plays Bodhi, a rebel soldier. Donnie Yen plays Chirut, who. Uh, as typical when anybody mentions an Asian in a film, he's a spiritual warrior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's also been two name drops for some alien characters who are both described as a, quote, fierce warrior, uh, Bistan and Pow. And I'm, I'm shrugging here. Like, this s- appears to be at least somewhat correct, but it hasn't been outright confirmed by any sources. Like, as in, like, when I say sources, it hasn't been outright confirmed by any official releases. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean to say. Um, 
And there's one more thing we can say about Rogue One that isn't spoilerific, and that is uh, the actor that voices Tarkin in Rebels hinted on Twitter that the officer in the Rogue One trailer could have been in the Tarkin novel. Looking looking back on it, I'm kind of unclear who he was actually talking about mm-hmm. um, because it's not Mad Mickelson's character. Presumably, it wouldn't be. Um, but we, I guess we don't really know that yet. The character uh, that he's likely to be referring to is a guy named Harris Ison, who's one, who's one of the few Imperial officers name-dropped in that book that wasn't in an old film or in the old EU, and he was flanking Vader in a big council meeting. Episode 8. Oscar Isaac has said that in filming Episode 8, Ryan Johnson is definitely going to places and investigating things that haven't really been done in the Star Wars universe. Good. Which is so exciting to hear. That's what I want. You know, I, I don't want another uh, poetic parallel to a prior film. There's lots of implications from people that Episode Eight could be a tandem component to Empire Strikes Back. And I hate that. I don't want that. That would be wretched. Um, he goes on to say, in some ways, it feels like we're making an independent film. Certain things we get to play with, this kind of intimacy that we get to find, it's special. It sounds great. I mean, it's it's funny because Empire is is my favorite movie of all time, and and nothing would have made me happier than some sort of spiritual successor to the feeling that I get still to this day when I watch it. But because Force Awakens, you know, it's strange. I've never seen a movie have such um, reactions of uh, that a, a well a generally well liked movie have such like fan vitriol when it comes to that aspect of being so similar to a new hope it's like even people who like the movie are just like whenever they hear something about episode eight they try too hard to say oh my god it sounds like empire you know that just seems to be the general consensus mm-hmm. even though i disagree with that i feel like a lot right. of them are stretching people are like yeah yeah oh yeah. man it sounds just like you know yoda i was like it's well yeah luke's a jet you know he's gonna be a jedi <laughs> master in this movie he's probably yeah. gonna you know believe it or not everybody he's gonna end up probably training somebody to be a jedi in the next right. movie like that's the, that he, doesn't mean that was Empire. a mandate from yoda pass on what you <laughs> learned and not just be you know be a dick live by yourself you know <laughs> so it's like it's it's things see people people see force awakens and and you know they think they know the whole Some, story well, and sometimes fairly criticize the the plot and everything but i think uh uh subconsciously it's also the tone of force awakens that is too much like a new hope at times also too did you guys see that picture of um daisy ridley carrying um mark hamill on her back yeah that was no, brilliant I didn't. it was for it was for her birthday uh, like Mark Hamill posted it. Oh my god! On Twitter for <laughs> to celebrate her birthday, and it's like just it's just them like in between sound stages or something. He just piggybacking right on right on her and pointing off in a new direction like uh. Oh, that's so good. Just like how you'd want. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> that's so good. Um, there's some rumored titles. I don't believe any yeah, of these. I don't believe any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Tale of the Jedi Temple Ooh, <laughs> is the worst Jedi. one by far. So we have t- the Tales of the Jedi comics from, <laughs> from uh, mid-90s Dark Horse. So no, not going to happen. Echoes of the Dark Side, a little bit more believable, mm. but a little silly too. Oh, I mean, incredibly. All of these are very silly, but every other than A New Hope, they've all been silly. Yeah, that's true. Well, I think Return of the Jedi is pretty straightforward. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And except, except it was called Revenge of the Jedi first. Well, but then we got Revenge of the Sith, which is also a pretty straightforward good title. Yeah, but the Revenge of the Sith is the only movie title that we knew for a fact the first time we heard it that that was it. <laughs> like, because every other every other movie title I, had a different uh, a different thing it was working on. Even Force Awakens didn't have a proper title, you know, until like 
they, they, they were they were debating on what they were going to call it you know while they were shooting it yeah it was pointed out that no lucasfilm like star wars film has ever had its title you know aside from it's never the first one you hear well and it's also it's never been decided upon during filming mm-hmm. it was only during post-production that they finalized the title so i have a hard time believing at the stage that they're at that they mm-hmm. would ever you know and here here I don't know if I buy that though, because like in Force Awakens, there was tons of um, references, and and uh, I mean, Snoke said like, the, I, "There's been an awakening. Have you felt it?" I mean, that just feels that's so that's true. one line, Colin. Yeah, so they went yes. through the movie. So they went they, through the movie, and they said, uh, "There's a." He says something about there's an awakening. What if it's the Force Awakens? It's yeah, like, all right, good that, cut, Prince, in it. <laughs> I don't know. Awake that like specifically, there has been an awakening. Just feels like such a, a shoehorned in. Let's get the title of the movie into the movie. Fucking Emperor Palpatine says the same thing in Empire Strikes Back. He says, he says, uh, there's been a great disturbance in the Force, you know, and then uh, Vader's like, oh yes, I felt it. So it's the it's that's just mirroring that, right. if anything. Yeah, they were, thinking about, they were thinking about making it the disturbance shows up. Yeah, that was the, gonna be the name of the movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm saying that or like disturbing behavior. <laughs> sure, they, they could have said that. They could have said something similar to that. But like specifically, it is similar been, to that. Colin, uh, Colin, man. if if yeah. the line has been. An awakening has, or the force has awakened. Like that would be like okay, the force awakens. But it's yeah. like there has been a awakening. Like he didn't even say uh, like an awake. Like did, did even did he say there's it. been an awakening in the force? Or I'm gonna tell you right now. Look, this might there's seem been an awakening. That's you know, whenever I'm editing an episode of Ghostbusters for our, for a nerdy show, and I don't know, I, I never know what it's gonna be called. But when it's done, before I submit it and I email it over to Cap to put it online, I listen through it and I wait for a line of dialogue and I and I cut it in half and say that's the title. So every time, <laughs> like every time there's a, there's a name, I'm just telling you, it's so easy to do it that way that that just makes sense. You know, when they were filming Empire Strikes Back, they called it Star Wars Two. You know, so yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't know, man. I or or this actually might be more believable is that they came up with the title and then they. Um, put ADR for Snoke's uh, uh, Snoke's line. Well, I'd th- buy that if they, they, if they decided they there was the title. so much last minute editing and so much ADR to change entire scenes around in The Force Awakens. I would absolutely believe that. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, I I've finally picked up the or started. I've I've owned this since it came out, but started reading the Force Awakens novelization, and to see like it it, it does follow the script a lot, but to see how much dialogue they probably. Like, I mean, Kazdan was probably working his ass off crossing mm. things out because it is so wordy and awful at times, the dialogue. Really? Like, oh, boy. it's uh, It's been rough to get through. Well, that's probably why uh, Michael Arndt jumped ship because he was like, guys, you're putting the pressure on. You want to go too fast. This needs rewrites, you know? Like we need. And then when Lawrence Kazdan jumps on with J.J. Abrams, they're doing a page one rewrite. It's like that now they have even less time to get a good draft going. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I don't blame him one bit for having... Long, I, I mean, mean, Kylo is so talkative in his in his interrogation of Poe and and his uh, like when he's talking to Lorsen Tekka, like it's just so. I mean, he's just jabbering on, and it's like, dude, you are not intimidating right now. And what's interesting is, it's not a case of an author, at least I, I think I don't think it's Alan Dean Foster adding to the dialogue because like all of his actual lines in the movie are intact within those paragraphs. I think it's just like Kasdan just like crossing shit that Abrams wrote <laughs> out would be my guess. It could be the opposite way Fair enough. Well, yeah, whatever. But, but either way, it's just th- they cared. Yeah. And also, it would be a good exercise for any like like up-and-coming screenwriters to look at 
to see the way it changed between the written page and the movie to see like, oh, mm. yeah, I don't need to say all this. It's just like it is unbelievable how much was. was I'm going to have out. to definitely check that out because I'm very curious. Also, there was a great Poe Dameron action sequence about him getting off of Jakku, like when he finally gets out of the desert in which he pilots like a really crappy scavenger skiff to avoid scavengers with better vehicles and weapons to really show off how awesome a pilot he was. And it wasn't in the movie. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. But you know what? And we're going to talk about this a little bit later. Apparently, that whole sequence, and I'm only just now realizing this from you saying it, that whole sequence has become a part of the DLC for the new Lego game. Ah, that's cool. But I guess we'll describe that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. There's one final title, and this is the one that Hidalgo actually responded to with that thing you mentioned. This is the one, if you've seen a video going around of someone filming a, a poster in a proper like theater movie poster display, the kinds that are like backlit... Um, it shows what looks like a poster for celebration in Europe where it says episode eight fall of the resistance. And there's actually a video of someone filming this thing. It's been everywhere. It's been on consequence of sound. I think it's 100% a fabrication. Mm -hmm. I think that's well, it's, it's easy to fake nowadays. Yeah, it is. I mean, like you just get the celebration logo, you slap it at the bottom. And the one trick is having the access the, to a light box. The, the, you can, the, yeah. The, yeah, the proper poster light box and also being able to print uh, a poster in that in a material that would actually mm -hmm. work the same way but you totally could if you wanted to yeah exactly so i think it's a complete fabrication and it's really weird that someone would you know go to that length but hey i suppose i would do it too people There's have written entire <laughs> fake scripts and posted them <laughs> online you know so uh, nothing surprises me yeah. anymore um now hidalgo said something very interesting about uh luke skywalker and what he's been up to he says he's been searching the galaxy for jedi lore since the comic book that just came out uh, prior to force awakens shattered empire um, and this is backed up by some investigation a fan did where they took the secret map from episode seven and combined it with an old Star Wars Galaxy era or Star Wars Galaxy Atlas. The result is shocking. Now, Matt, you, you posted a, uh, a list of of every thing he went to. Yeah, which I, I, I'm going to like the Internet is really who did like the, you know, backbone. Is the research, real, yeah, but, the real but let's uh, Luke starts. On Nar Shada, which is uh, you know really? it's the the smuggler's moon awesome. of of Nal Hutta. and and if you've been following up with um, Jason Aaron's Star Wars comic, exactly yeah. uh, that is there was actually a Hut crime lord that collected Jedi paraphernalia and was keeping it. In oh, a large that's cache. right, multiple lightsabers, holocron statues, the works. This guy was loaded. He has a whole fucking like end of Raiders like and room. Is, isn't that wasn't that in the comic in the Star Wars comic? That's where Luke was. Yeah, exactly. So it would make sense that he would he, go back there. Maybe yeah. that's where the trails begins because yeah. he's like, oh shit. So it starts there. Um, they have him coming very very near to the Bespin system. Which is significant in the fact that he also, it looks like, stopped off in Takodana. I wonder how mm, Maz Kanata got that got lightsaber. And then he also ended up in the unknown regions of the galaxy, which is uh, the area in which... Um, the final puzzle piece that BB-8 had. Yes, yeah. which is where he was. And it's, it's kind of in that Knights of the Old Republic... Um, the Starforge area. Not yeah. that they're going to have to go I, into I, any of and that. And I'm looking but... at the map right now, and it is really, really close to Ricotta Prime. Yes. Like, like it's aside from a delicious I, 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 Italian I say, dish, what is that? Uh, Ricotta Prime is <laughs> is a uh, potentially spoilerific planet that you go to in Knights of the Old Republic, and it's awesome and really important to history of the Force uh, going back a long ways, even pre-Jedi. 
Um, and the fact that it looks like that he may have stopped there. I mean, granted, this is a fan map overlaid on top of a screenshot, on top of a book, on top of whatever. But it fits, though. But it does. It fits. <laughs> All the little points fit together. Yeah. Like it's and he go and after that he stops somewhere else and it's I don't know, man. Like, and I think it's important for. I, I think it's important to temper expectations that this somehow plays into the plot because it probably yeah. won't. Because, I mean, oh, yeah. Because this, this is very heavy for people that aren't familiar with, like, really deep lore of the Star Wars universe. And it could have just been the guy who was supposed to design the map for the exactly. movie. was like, you know, it'd be but, really cool. I'm going to put it right over Kata Prime. That'd be kind of cool. But, like, I, it yeah, it, it's worth, like, you know, giving the the real, like, sort of researchers at Lucasfilm, like, a pat on the back to say, you know what? Yeah. Thank you for, like, really... Because, honestly, when I saw the map, I... It looks like a hot plate of bullshit. Is what well, it, it does. looks like, and, yeah. and it also, it also, as as someone who like, I'm like, all right, I, th there's a Star Wars galaxy map in my head that I've become familiar For with years. over the yeah, last yeah, yeah. decade. I'm just going to ignore this because I know there's no way it's accurate. It's going to be in a weird perspective, or not accurate because it's no longer, you know, it didn't have to be right. accurate. Right, 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 right. It's an old, old canon that is no longer in use. But so I ignored it. I didn't bother to look at it. But kudos to them for for throwing that sort you know sort of fan service to mm -hmm. to those. It's like a way of saying, hey, just because those stories didn't happen doesn't mean those planets don't exist. It's just you know? important is they yeah. they don't hate the expanded universe. Yeah, yeah, they don't. It's just you know it's a, it's a they needed a a clean slate. Well, also too, like the designers you know who made and the technicians who made that map, like they took the time. They really took the time to make it work if that was in fact the way they did it and that's that's that is that took a lot of time they could have just yeah, it up certainly that. wasn't an accident no. yeah <laughs> that's amazing that, that's it's such a it's such a cool and exciting thing for them to embrace the expanded universe but also at the same time like tease at like you know like hey i know that you guys love the expanded universe but there there's more that we're planning on doing and obviously the the expanded universe is beloved and we're, you know, putting the, the legends title on it, but we're going to have just as exciting and, uh, amazing expanded, uh, lore that as what you've had before. And that's pretty amazing. Yeah, for sure. Man, ricotta prime. You got me so hungry for some kind of, some kind Pasta? of beautiful Italian dish. Yeah. Every time I hear it, it makes me hungry. Just because it does ricottas, man. Ricotta Primo. Is is there? I mean, there's many Star Wars cooking books with lots of pun-filled names. Has anyone done Ricotta Prime? If not, mm. get on it. Come yeah, on, better, yeah. you're sleeping on it. Uh, one final thing, sort of not exactly Episode Eight related news, but the question of who is Snoke has been plaguing everyone, and we don't have any definitive oh, answers. It's been plaguing us in many ways. <laughs> yeah, you hmm. could say that. But we know we don't know who he is, but we know who he isn't. Pablo Hidalgo recently heavily debunked on Twitter the fan interest in him being. Darth Plagueis, a character who's been expanded on quite a bit in the now debunked um, expanded universe canon, but who was mentioned in the prequels. Um, we won't go into the history of Plagueis, but Hidalgo says that um, while fan asked, did Plagueis' spirit survive physical death through the dark side? Um, you know, is he somehow inhabiting someone else's? Is this Plagueis? Somehow, is this Plagueis? Mm -hmm. And he said, he, he killed him, he's killed, as in to kill, like there was killing, he's dead, it's over. Um, so so it's not Plagueis. There's many who suspect, oh my god, it's Ezra Bridger from Rebels, which would be an insane turn of events, to but say the awesome, least. awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be awesome. Um but uh there's no you know, there's no indication as to as to who he is yet. Uh but Doug, you have some theories. You have some, some Yeah, I some was actually watching the uh season finale of Star Wars Rebels 
and uh, had some thoughts because we are, you know, the whole time I was just like, who, who, it, they set it up as a puzzle. Let's JJ Abrams. He's like, let's give you the puzzle box, but not give you the answer. So all you do, your brain just goes nuts trying to think of what it is. So I but, was like, but has he ever made a puzzle box that had an answer when he made the puzzle box? Never, never. never. But that's why this is all bullshit anyway. Mm-hmm. So you know, this doesn't true. what you know, whatever we all think, it doesn't matter because someone else is going to come along and write out who Snoke really is, which for all we know may actually be uh, Plagueis. Because oh, before he was Plagueis, he was an immortal spirit. You know, he was the original Sith Emperor for all we fucking know, and he just carries on anyway. I was like, who is someone who could have seen the rise and fall of the Empire, who would meet that age, so they were probably adult-ish, you know, I mean, they were they were an adult when, uh, uh, you know, when the uh, Clone Wars began and everything else, and then I thought, oh man, wouldn't it be crazy, someone who maybe not know that much about the Force or, or was just interested in it, and the one thing I thought was, man, it'd be cool if it was like a clone trooper, like a, like a, just like someone who's left over an old relic. So you'd think of someone who's old even during that period, but now it's even 30 years beyond that, and, like, that could be interesting. Um, the other uh, uh, joke theory um, was uh, that it's actually, that it is Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, with where, the where, way... How do you get that, Doug? Uh, well, um, I think it's it's okay to talk about the season finale of Rebels uh, that... Darth Vader spoiler free does yeah well it's Darth spoiler Vader's free to it. say Darth Vader does not die yeah so um I sorry to spoil the end of Rebels Darth Vader isn't dead because <laughs> it takes place before New Hope yes exactly but uh huh right okay but w- what if Darth Vader is in that situation where for that split second you think oh man he's there's no way he's getting out of there but you have, you know we all know that he is because he's Darth Vader but what if Anakin Skywalker didn't make it out of there. And Palpatine was like, oh, shit, I fucking lost Darth Vader. Good thing I got a clone backup. So the Darth Vader we know from New Hope forward was a clone of the original Anakin Skywalker. And this is Anakin Skywalker. That's some Dark Horse comics, Star Wars shit right yeah. there. Yeah. And I love it. Now, Let's I don't do actually it. believe that for one moment. I'm just throwing out the crazy fan. Because there's so many stupid, crazy fan I'm, theories. I'm starting the WhiteHouse.gov petition to make that the new canon right Yeah, now. that this is actually Anakin Skywalker and not. Because, dude. How do you top I'm your father? You can't. All you can do is do it bigger and better. I'm but how still you gonna, your father. No, I'm your father. <laughs> not that one. That was not your father. Mind blown. Awesome. Other than that, people talking about it's Boba Fett, and they got reasons why, which is kind of funny and kind of cool. Um, the reincarnation of Anakin. I mean, all shit. and then like Ray's reincarnation of Anakin. I don't know. I, I, I think it doesn't matter. And if you get too worked up trying to think about who it's going to be, when it finally gets revealed who it is, you're going to be very underwhelmed. Lando. <laughs> no, it ain't Lando. There's no way. No so, way it's Lando. Snoke, Snoke is Snoke. There's nothing that anyone can tell me to make me feel like he's anything else than that. He's a just mysterious of- to make you interested. I, oh. I, honestly, it's, it's you know, I, I just don't think that they're concerned about that mystery. I didn't think it was that mysterious. A lot of people think it's the Inquisitor from uh, Rebels. Yeah, that could be cool. But what was he doing during the entire, you know, Galactic Civil War? Just hiding out? He was healing, man. Well, yeah. he got uh, his ass thrown off a, you know. The- there's, I, it's it's kind of close to the end of this the season. But there's some there's some st- stuff that happens in Rebels that suggests that that is actually impossible. Mm-hmm. And there's also stuff that suggests that it might be Ezra. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> like it's yeah, it's pretty cool. But you know, the uh, the ultimate. Uh, you know, the other question that has been bugging me and some of my coworkers while we, you know, talk nerd about Star Wars, it was, uh, who's in that back to tank? 
in the Rogue One trailer. Mm. And who's that person is kneeling? Like, who is that, you know? And who who's the person kneeling and who's in the back of the tank that's so important that there's Imperial Red Guards guarding the back of the tank? And I was like, oh, and it just hit me. What if the person kneeling is the Emperor and the person in the back of the tank is Snoke? Hidalgo already says Snoke is not in Rogue One. Yeah, but I don't really trust what he says anyway. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's he, like, he, you, he, you probably also think we landed on the moon, don't he, you? He 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 can't get away with with lying. Believe with, any official story. He can't get away with lying because if he lies once, no one will ever take his word, and then he'll he'll actually probably have an aneurysm with with who is Snoke questions. <laughs> also, do we think that Snoke will be even like revealed in Episode Eight if if he is anyone other than just being a guy who the was Emperor wasn't? Pl- we didn't see background. the Emperor or anything during New Hope. I so. think I think he was just plotting in the background. It's yeah. all it's all Snoke and mirrors. Oh, <laughs> Snoke and mirrors. That's the title of the episode. That's title episode eight. Episode eight. eight Snoke and mirrors. <laughs> Snoke and mirrors. <laughs> oh shit. The, the, the only other theory about the Rogue One is if someone's kneeling and it's like someone's like, oh, what if it's Vader? Like Vader's getting out of a uh, big battle and he's oh, I'm, I'm I'm willing to put some yeah. money that Vader's in there. And uh, and if it's but that person kneeling doesn't really look the like the Emperor, but they're wearing a hood. I'm like, what if it's Mara Jade? <laughs> I think uh, I think they'll no, invent dude. I think they'll invent a, new, a cool new Jedi hunter, maybe an Inquisitor for, I, for Rogue One, or, I think or the, kneeler. the person kneeling could be Mara Jade. They cast someone to play to be Mara Jade, and then when they want to do Episode Eight flashbacks and they want to say, "Hey, Luke See, and and Mara Jade is Ray's mom," I'm making this up as I go along. You can just have that same actress play the flashbacks, and then you add you deageify, use that special effects to deageify Mark Hamill, and then you do the add additional age effects to make... You don't even uh, have to do that. Know. Did you see the the Photoshop of someone putting Luke's hair from a new uh, Empire Strikes Back on Seb- Sebastian Stan's face? No. He looks like Mark Hamill. He looks hmm. like young Mark Hamill. It's weird. Go 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 stare at him in, in Winter Soldier. You can see it just in the face. It's, it's there. Have you... Uh, do you guys think... Okay... So the whole big debate about like Ray's parentage. Do you think that her parents are in Rogue One? No, I don't think nah. Rogue One's gonna have any connection. To episode no, I, yeah, I think it's gonna be seven. I, I I think that uh, as much as they want to Marvelify Star Wars, I feel like they have the opportunity to do what is essentially a clean slate Star Wars story, and they're gonna take advantage of that. At least you know there will be eventually many uh, minute connections, uh, but but right for right now. There, there could even be a few things scattered in here, but nothing, nothing as severe as that. Nothing, nothing as much as I don't think they built Episode Seven so that they would need to retroactively add canon to validate it or anything like that. I don't think that was. And, it seems like a weird way to construct things. And by the time they announced they were doing a spinoff film, like you know, remember the the, the start, like you know, there's the thought that Michael Arndt's plan, you know, the, they were going about you know Episode seven assuming they couldn't get luke leia and han at first right. right and then later on changing things like rogue one was already into like a process yeah the like, early pre-production just, yeah. they're not gonna there might be some afterthought thrown into the movie but i i really doubt it like maybe the millennium falcon flying in the background at some point and you go oh look and then well i do think that's why han has been cast supposedly already so that they can use him in rogue one in some capacity interesting yeah. Well, let's let's sidle over onto that, and that is that the Han Solo film is a thing that's happening. It's starting shooting in January with directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller. 
Um, it's going to be released on May 25th, 2018. You know all this already. Wait, but question, is it going to be released May 25th, 2019? Because like, are, are they going to move it to December also? I sure hope not. I sure hope not, too. Because the, the loss of Episode Eight as a May movie is is hurts my heart, Matt. Yeah, no, it hurts me, too, because like, that five-month lame duck period between star wars movies would be the most exciting five months of my life because i would be because right. I, I would be i would be like still experiencing the high of having just seen one and right. then knowing that one's so close because yeah. I, I would be i don't even know how to process that because you have the cool down period with the speculation period of the next movie i don't know how to deal with that and that's why i don't think it's ever going to happen it's like a roller coaster going down and up at the same time it doesn't make sense it doesn't and that's why i don't think it'll come out in may no, no, guys, you got to look at the the release. Actually, I did look at this. You need to look at the release date of the um, uh, you need to look at the release dates of Marvel, and you need to look at the release dates of Star Wars, and they do not overlap. Well, I will say also, I think because right now Cameron, James Cameron, and like the whole Avatar thing is like on good terms with Disney because of the whole right. parks coming out. Yeah, and even though there was no way Avatar two was ever going to come out this year, no matter how much you know, like or next year or whatever it was that like star wars is firm like they put it on avatar 2's release date right knowing that avatar 2 is gonna have to move eventually i think they're going to event like there was probably like a handshake deal saying like look you just give us star wars at this time right now in december and we will back off future decembers when put it back you know, in may where it belongs yeah. Yeah. yeah so i think i i, I do think it that's may a be very good that point regard. that's a very very good point yeah and by the way i have a lot of just completely not star wars related and other than like the fact that like i'm sure james cameron comes from that camp like I, I do think Avatar two will be way better than Avatar one. He's really good with sequels. Yeah, I'm about to say he, his sequels are usually really yeah. good, yeah. except for Piranha two. I was, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I do as much as I think it's a stupid idea that they ever did it. I do want to experience Avatar world at Animal Kingdom because all the concept art I've seen looks crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a which great... will which will give us a, a huge hint towards Star Wars. Yes, yeah, to see what they're they're really capable of, yeah. especially when they really like mean it. Yeah. So if they do cool, unique things and. Like support Avatar Land because we'll get those cool, unique things in Star Wars Land. So, um, so Han Solo, the uh, the one piece of news we have is that within a ninety percent confirmed, uh, we have Alden uh, Ehrenreich, uh, who played Hobie Doyle in Hail Caesar, is uh, is Han Solo, and this is a great thing because whereas I don't want this movie at all and don't think they should be doing it at all, I love this guy. Hail Caesar, it got panned by critics, but by it. Check it out. It's the Coen Brothers, and it's a fantastic film. It was a joy to watch, and the highlight of that joy amidst its amazing cast, like legitimately amazing cast, was this dude. He was the standout character. Hmm. It was so good. And I, I want to watch the movie again just to watch him, pro- even without this news. The, the, this film, like it seemed like the, the Han Solo film from the moment it was even hinted at. People were like, no, I don't want this. I, I can't find, I can't, like, I've never found one person online or in real life that have said, I want to see a young Han Solo. Yeah. And everyone said, like, every time it was hinted, like, like, Miles Teller and, like, you know, just all kinds of, right, you know, right. casting. A fr- a Franco, rumors. I think. Yeah, no, nobody was happy with anything. <laughs> and then this guy gets cast. And suddenly, everybody who has seen Hail Caesar and has seen some of his earlier independent film work suddenly is like, Okay, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to check it out then, because I mean, like, I'm I'm not I'm not downer about the film. I just think it'd be way better if they just uh, did an age regression of Harrison Ford and made him the young Antonio. But you know, it's when, never gonna happen. When you so. see this, you'll, you'll you'll realize like, oh my god, this guy's facial expressions, his ability to do like a, a really genuinely charming character. Um, he's 
he's so good and i i don't want this movie but i do i will watch this i will mm. be excited to watch him do some stuff and i think that will be the the marvelification of star wars will start with hans the han solo movie because i think that is where like a Boba Fett film could possibly spin off from mm-hmm. because you could definitely see Han appearing in that in some mm-hmm. way. And I also God. do think they're just doing there the is going to be Avengers with fucking. Well, <laughs> well, I actually <laughs> do. Actually, Colin, Colin. And then we're doing Boba Fett. Well, Colin, I think uh, in the size noodles movie, I know, um, <laughs> Colin, I do think they're like, I mean, you know, fast forward yourself two years, three years, whenever the trailer would have, like for the Rogue One sequel, because assuming this movie is going to be successful and they want to see more of Adventures of Jin Erso and her gang, whoever mm-hmm. survives Rogue One. I'm hoping and, and maybe one or none of them survive and, just to make it badass. But go ahead. And then Mon Mothma calls them into the office, right? And Mon Mothma's sitting behind M's chair from, from from James Bond. And, you know, he's got, like, it's like the Roger Moore style office with the, the padded door and everything. And she's like, you know, I have a mission, you know, like, you know, to steal something else, blah, 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 blah. And, you Death know, the nuke. Well, no, well, they, well, they probably like, we're well, going to meet some Bothans to go yeah, do it. Yeah. And they're like, but you're bringing, uh, like, we, we have someone else to, to smuggle you in. And then, like, camera pans over. And it's the, this new actor playing Harrison, <laughs> playing Han Solo, joining their team for that movie. That is where the Marvelification will come in. Is the sequel to Rogue One will also feature Han. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it now, everybody. All right, uh, but you know, place your bets because the the Avengers Civil War parallel was already made, and that was Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. That's the Han Solo Boba Fett versus <laughs> movie. You know, spread over two movies. We're, those are already done. Cash Actually, in the bank. You, Sorry, I'm just like now. I'm thinking about seeing billboards <laughs> around town with Han and Boba Fett <laughs> face to face. To face. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. Well, since you mentioned this, let me let me segue into something I wasn't going to mention until later. Um, on on May the fourth, we got some fascinating information. It's long been discussed of all the discrepancies between George Lucas describing what he wanted to do with Star Wars when they were still coming out, like the uh, original yes, this trilogy. Is, this is fascinating. It is really fascinating. Um, you know, he was talking, I'm going to do nine movies. I'm going to do 12 movies. He said both those things. Like, there's quotes. And then eventually he was like, I never said that. You know, but he fucking did. Yeah. Um, well, Inverse.com, we'll link to this on this episode's page. They posted uh, an article compiling interviews with Craig Miller, a guy who was Lucasfilm's first official fan relations officer. So he was responsible for all the marketing between A New Hope and Empire. And all the stuff he pulled off was really fascinating, including, like, sending leaks to um, uh, fan magazines on purpose with true information mixed in with a bunch of outright lies. I have I have a copy of a Star Wars magazine from 1978 that actually in the article about Star Wars 2 says there's rumors that Darth Vader is Luke's father. I'm like, it was in there in 1978. It was in print. Yeah, it's crazy. Hmm. Well, and then of, of course, uh, David Prowse said that in an interview at a panel in London and was like reported on in a single newspaper and then no one ever heard for, heard of it again. Well, that's the difference with social media today. You couldn't yeah. say things like that. Anymore. No, you couldn't. Yeah. It'd be everywhere. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so what this guy revealed was, and he, I'm just going to read a whole bunch of quotes right now. Originally, Boba Fett was set up in Empire as a character and the third movie's plot was going to be more about Boba Fett... Uh, rescuing Han Solo and all of that. Now, that seems like a really weird way to word it. Um, But he goes on to say, uh, Boba was going to be the main villain in Jedi. That was the setup. Why he was taking Han Solo away, why there was a thing with him in the Christmas special. So in the the Star Wars holiday special, 
you know, we we had this whole animated sequence with Boba Fett. Which, well, that was where he was introduced. Was actually was in that animated was in that animated feature. I believe he actually made his appearance in an L.A. Times comic strip just prior to the holiday special. I've never heard that I, before, I but think. I think I'll, I'll, you're the you're the number one expert on the show, so I'll believe it. Um, when George decided not to make a third trilogy, he completely jettisoned the storyline that would involve Boba Fett being the main villain of Jedi. Uh, which is why in the first 10 minutes, Boba Fett gets bumped, in, bumped into and falls into the mouth of a giant monster. So he took what he planned for the third trilogy, which was the confrontation between Luke and Darth Vader and the battle with the Emperor, and that got squished down from three movies into one, and that became the plot of Jedi. So that that's that's pretty crazy because we've never heard what the content of these you know movies mm. was going to be or that really we never... What was always implied was that... Uh, let's say seven, eight and nine was going to be the further adventures. It was never an implication that the events of Jedi had was had any sway over that. But apparently the, that entire confrontation was actually a third trilogy. Yeah. Cause I mean, there was rumors even back when they were uh, still writing empire strikes back that when Yoda says, Oh no, there's another, he's talking about Luke's sister, but Luke's sister wasn't princess Leia. Luke's sister was actually a new character who was being trained by another, you know, Jedi on the other side of the galaxy, like deep in the outer rim where no one could find. Like it's like they split them up and put them on opposite ends of the galaxy was the idea. And yeah. and then like in uh, uh episode eight or whatever, or, uh, that was originally episode eight, Luke would have to find her or he might go bad and then she'd have to come rescue him, and then the story was all about her. And it's like, I mean, it, it it's crazy. It goes on in a crazy other direction, which you know, now that I'm saying episode eight and uh, a female char- lead character now it's I mean I'm not ins- insinuating that it's taking anything from that but it's an interesting coincidence yeah no I mean that's <laughs> that article like that Boba Fett thing was the huge bombshell yeah. in it but it's actually a, everything that happens in that article is, is fascinating so I highly recommend checking it out uh, Boba's first appearance was in the holiday special a couple months later he appeared in the LA Times uh-huh. comic strip but it was prior to Empire so. you win this one Colin yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so rebel season three um we won't talk about any in our reactions to the end of the of season two we'll save for the spoiler wall when we open the blast doors uh but what we can say about season three is that gary witta who wrote the first draft of rogue one is writing some rebels he was a hashtag in a tweet back to the chopper <laughs> back to the chopper <laughs> get to the chopper that's that's very exciting had you not heard that no well, there you go. Wow. And and which which we had speculated that season 3 of Rebels was going to somehow tie into Rogue One, that the that characters in Rogue One were going to be introduced as part of the rebellion in Rebels. Uh, yeah. And and this all but confirms that. Yeah. It was I mean, I I I was definitely like I wanted I was hoping season 3 would take a detour from the Force stuff and give us more rebellion founding including Rogue One tie-ins. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to hear that. I I mean I don't think the Force stuff is going to go away, but yeah. I think they should They need the first half of that season to focus on Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I mean, September. Well, based on how towards the end of season 2, you had kind of had parallel storylines going, you know. Yes. So but they, it would be a natural progression to keep going in that direction, which yeah. plays into my thing that I hope is I hope that Rogue One is like the most dark serious uh i've talked about this before but i I want to be the most dark and serious and awesome star wars movie but then right towards like just the middle of act three 
and they're like, oh, we have to hand the plans over. We're gonna, we, oh, there's a couple of rebels we know that you could hand it over to, and it's the ghost. But then when they open, like they dock together and they open up that side door, it's just CG cartoon rebels. <laughs> <laughs> like just mix the fandoms completely. I want to see that so bad and just hear everyone in the audience go, what the fuck? Like completely <laughs> with the laffy taffy hair and the plastic faces. I want oh, it man, so bad. <laughs> and the final thing is that Lando is confirmed for season three. So we're gonna get some more Billy D. Williams. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. And what didn't didn't they say uh, Billy D. is confirmed to come back as the spokesman for Colt Forty Five? Yes, they did. Yeah, I cannot wait. Yeah. Wait, is that true? Is yeah. that- no, it's true. They already did a commercial where he's not in it yet, but it's his voiceover. So it's like he, he recorded a voiceover for a new commercial. I think it's out there now. I get think. ready for Colt sales to skyrocket. <laughs> <laughs> now with the comic books, they've been an increasingly integral part of the new Star Wars experience because it's all tied together now. But some weird shit is happening, guys. Um, firstly, the uh, three Rogue One, um, or the, the three-part Rogue One comic book and a one-shot that was announced for release in October is probably canceled. And this was the prequel to Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, which is just shocking. Uh, what happened was um, Marvel announced it at the uh, Chicago convention C2E2 not very long ago, and then... Um, very recently, all previous orders for the book have been canceled by retailers, including at Amazon. So it seems like it's evaporated. And it, they never announced who was working on it. They never announced any details, but they did announce that it existed. And now it doesn't, which is a really strange shift to happen. You know, like, yeah, I, I would have expected that more of one of the episodic movies because, like, maybe they just want to reveal anything tying in. But I. What's what's the harm in giving us a little character or like background for some of these new people? And maybe it's just going to change form, but I don't know. It's, Man, it's, I was it's... I was I was looking for to forward to something that's like the old X Wing comics, but I guess you know the Poe Dameron series. The Poe Dameron be... series. Uh, yes, we should talk about that right now because I didn't put it in my notes, but oh my god, the Poe Dameron series written by Charles Soule is fucking amazing. Yeah, that's what that's what I hear. I I'm still like only like on trades, but I tell you one thing. This is the first time in my all of my sort of like Star Wars literature career. That I've ever been constantly putting down whatever book that I'm reading when a trade comes in. I feel like Marvel's quality is killing Del Rey's, <laughs> with the exception of Bloodline. But even though I like Bloodline, it it's still not like it's not the Bloodline is the a Star Wars novel that we're going to be talking about very soon. Yeah, the quality is great. It's just the story isn't as engaging as some old Del Rey novels because they can't do anything big. They just like the comics can get away with something that's that's exciting and on a smaller scale but like, like flash in the pan kind of thing well, and yeah until the books can start doing large scale epic star wars again be not without fear of interfering with a movie mm-hmm. i just think the books are going to suffer quite a bit mm. the battlefront book's actually really good that's actually the best one i've heard yeah. that one too yeah, yeah yeah um so uh there was there's been some developments in the, in the poe dameron book we mentioned in a prior episode that uh there, there's a villain who's an imperial officer and he is a cool cat he was described by charles soul as evil lando and he lives up to that because that this imperial like specialty operative guy i forget what his actual designation is he's kicking it in a i, I what, what used to be tarkin's private uh yeah tarkin's uh, private like family yacht that was i mean it's a it's a yacht but like it's it was like the most advanced ship in the in the galaxy as far as like armament and stealth and everything else and and it it got stolen that was like the the basically what the plot of the tarkin novel centered around and it ended up he never ended up recovering it and he ended up getting his own star destroyer from from the emperor and from vader and earning vader's respect along the way but like 
you know, so so all of a sudden it pops back up in this, you know, this Poe Dameron series, which is kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, and and he's he's hanging out in, in this room with like a whole trophy case full of uh, uh, Imperial era materials and uh, sexy girls and boys of various species, and he's just kicking it in there. And uh, he's talking to Captain Phasma, who hates him. Um, I'm trying to pull up a quote here. Um, uh, it. it it references the uh, Before the Awakening novel and some stuff. Um, let's see. Dammon was recently led. Uh, Dammon recently led a mission that intercepted key information being passed to us by a new Republic senator. That's something Phasma said. And then it has like asterisk. And then it's like, see, Before the Awakening novel, which is a pretty interesting, like, you know, reference out of nowhere. And hmm. um, how many times do I need to succeed before all of you stop telling me uh, not to fail? I've been doing this since before you were born, Phasma. Um, oh, his name's Terex. Um, yeah, man, it, it's it's. I'm. I wish I'd taken notes on this. That's why it's so scattered right here. But uh, it's it's a really cool scene, and the guy, he's he's a cool character. So um, lots of promise there. Um, now another weird thing that's happening in the comic shakeups at Marvel is that Darth Vader is coming to a close. It's been a huge selling book, mm-hmm. very big deal. Um, but uh, as Kieran Gillen, the the author said. It was a situation where we've always said all the way through from Darth Vader number one that this was a story with a beginning, middle, and end. And we kind of looked where we were after Vader down, and we realized we were probably actually nearer the end than we thought we were. Um, So we thought, oh, it's better to actually end the story in a way which we think is the most effective rather than to pad it out extraneously. Yeah. It just really mystifies me. I I don't... You know, and, and, and I'm not further than Vader down. Like I finished it mm-hmm. as far as that particular series. I just I I could be wrong with this volume three. Like maybe it does come closer to seeming like there's an ending, but I just I don't get that. It, it doesn't. I, it just feels like more story. So I don't know what's. I don't know if that's deflection because there's a lots of you know there's just as much weird deflection and secrecy in the comic book industry as there is in Hollywood, and um, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess, I mean, it's different when you have an ongoing that's named after a character. Because, I mean, you could, at some point in the Star Wars ongoing, just say, you know what, I don't have anything else to tell about Luke prior to Empire. And then you could move on to some other aspect mm-hmm. that, of the Rebel fleet or, or even the Imperials that has nothing to do with, you know, it's Star Wars. Well, what it makes me wonder is, is, and this is nothing that anyone's ever addressed publicly before, that I, that I know of anyway, is are these comics actually progressing in time in a way that we're seeing them bump into Empire right now. Maybe. Is that why this is happening? Are they about to bump into Empire time period and they've decided that a Darth Vader comic doesn't actually exist in that space because it doesn't pan out? Like, there shouldn't... Having Darth Vader stories happening between Empire and Jedi seems like a little not 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 right. Yeah, I don't know. Because, it, it, I mean, there's three years in between A New Hope and Empire, and I guess I don't remember the date that they give. I mean, it, well, actually, at the opening of... of uh, at the, at the opening of Vader, they uh, firmly established that, like, I mean, you know, they're they're angry about the Death Star blowing up, right? So it seems like they're still very much, you know, around that time. I don't. There was the old Dark Horse timeline had a lot of Vader comics take place between episodes four and five. So I don't know why. I don't know. It's it's very strange. It is a long. It's the longest expansive time in between original trilogy films. So yeah, and I I don't. I wonder if it's more just that. This ongoing, like, for some reason, like, they were committed to Karen Gillan that they couldn't, you know, like, just continue it with a new author. And, and maybe, like, that's something. Because, I mean, the old, like, Republic ongoing and Empire ongoing and Rebellion ongoing and 
uh, you know, all the Knights of the Old Republic, they would change authors when they were, you know, occasionally would start up a new story with new characters. I just don't... I guess with Vader, you can't do that unless you want to continue with Vader. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they consider Vader as like the biggest cash cow that Disney has. Like they're like out of all the comics based on one character, Vader's the one they're going to be protective of the most. So, or is or is Vader's theorized appearance in Rogue One interfering with like maybe eh. maybe they're just Disney's like, all right, Marvel, you need to calm down on Vader right now because we're about to use him in a big way, and mm-hmm. we don't want you to do anything oversaturate to, him to yeah mess up. Like Wolverine and all the X Men movies, <laughs> it, but it's weird because normally, if they're doing something in a film, even if it's a secret, they'll still be ready for something to, you know to to mm-hmm. parallel that in the comic industry. I mean, like right now, there's we're we're seeing the hand and Elektra in Daredevil comics, and Daredevil's darker than it was prior, just because of what's happening in the Netflix show, and that actually sucks. Like it's written by Charles Soule, so it's pretty good, but like the the fact that it has to happen sucks. Um. That you can't tell stories naturally. You have to be like, all right. So for the next six months, we're going to pursue uh, stories with these characters because, you know, reasons, media reasons. It's too bad that there's a media hierarchy. I mean, obviously, Star Wars movies is always going to be tops, but like, you know, it's just when you start, you know, talking about a big, giant, cohesive canon, like you'd like to think that like they're like, oh yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everything, you know, has equal value and truthfulness. But, like, in the end, they're just going to way out trump the importance in the movie aspect. And there's nothing they can do about it. That's why I've been, like, with all the comics and books and stuff, I'm kind of, like, waiting to hear what everyone says about it. I mean, that's why we even get to listen to Colin a little bit about the about Clone Wars, because I'm afraid to dip into that. The only thing that I'm dipping into, Star Wars related, is the Old Republic online. Because mm-hmm. that is that is the most epic story that's so big. It's like it went under the radar. It's like they don't even realize what's actually going on in the Old Republic, or they think it's so old that no one cares. But I'm, I'm playing it now. I'm playing Knights of the Fallen Empire, and I'm like, this shit is off the chain. See, like, it is amazing. See, exactly. That's what it is, is I think... I mean, it generally seems to be a kind of a lukewarm reception to a lot of the things that Disney is doing outside of the movies. And mm. it's because you no longer, because there's active movies going on, do something that's that epic in scale for Star Wars. And people want to experience that again. The nice thing about the prequels was things are going on then, but they're doing the New Jedi Order in the books, which is, you know, on a scale level, way bigger than the original trilogy even was. I mean, you know, like they're way bigger. Mm. And it's like, with Disney and doing movies in multiple eras, they, they uh, there's a potential that they can never do that again on that level, epic scale. Yeah, they can continue to do video games, and they might make a an old Repu- you know, Knights of the Old Republic RPG or something. But like, 
they have to be absolutely certain that they can't that they have to you know be in an era where the scale isn't big enough that it can fuck up with possible movies. Yeah, like the, the timeline is so distant that yeah. they can have the whole universe reboot, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to books, because uh, <laughs> we still got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, Star Wars Bloodline by Claudia Gray um, hit our radar because it has story elements that came straight from Rain Johnson, the director of Episode Eight. Um, which is pretty huge. So this book actually ended up being quite important to explaining uh, the ins and outs of what happened between episode uh, six and seven. And uh, we won't go into that here because you know you might want to read that book, um, but it does reveal what caused Leia to break from the Republic and help create the Resistance. Um, we have a group on Facebook, which you should probably join, though... We have two groups on Facebook. One, we have a page for this very show, State of the Empire, which you should totally like, and we'll post spoiler-free news updates on there. If you're curious, like, wow, it's kind of weird. You guys do episodes intermittently, and it's hard to get my Star Wars news. I want to listen to State of the Empire. If you go to the uh, the Facebook, you're likely to see more stuff to kind of tide you over. And we are trying to get more regular about episodes, but uh, it's an uphill battle. We'll talk about that a little bit later. However, we do have a group for the for the those those of you brave enough to enter it called Star Wars Spoilers State of the Empire and if you go there that's where we post all of our spoilerific findings and on that page Stephen Peckham said um I posted a review of Bloodline he said currently 7 chapters in a Bloodline and I'm loving it so far I cannot wait to hear this discussed on State of the Empire <laughs> oh uh, that's happening right now <laughs> that's, that's crazy uh it's a great political story with a Star Wars skin and helps flesh out Leia's arc going in episode 7 it also has some great moments of humor that I wasn't expecting been listening to the audiobook while I drive and I haven't laughed at a book in quite some time he then updated it after finishing the book and said it is phenomenal absolutely required reading for everyone here I never imagined that after the prequels pol- a political thriller in the Star Wars universe would engross me as much as this did wow I may have to get the audiobook then yeah, it's it like I, I'm I'm about uh, closer to one third than one half of the way, and it's it's very good and very well written, and reminds me of a lot of old Del Rey story or Bantam Spectra rather era Star Wars that were like, you know, kind of politically motivated and whatnot. And um, little tidbit, if anybody saw it online, Claudia Gray said that the character of Casterfo, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, she mentally cast Tom Hiddleston in the role. And once you, once you, you can't unsee that. Once you, oh, the dialogue <laughs> is perfect for him. Like it actually would. Although I would love to see him play somebody else in the Star Wars universe. I mean, unless that character made an appearance in the movies, in which I that I would love to see that character played by Hiddleston as well. But um, yes, it's very good, and uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Claudia Gray is the best writer in the current canon. Cool. Are you guys ready for Willow Watch? <gasps> Always ready. Willow. Willow. Um, so Willow News. Well, um, I have I have a tidbit for you. Oh yeah. Someday, Willow will be on Netflix. What? Yeah, that's true. Explain. Well, back this is kind of weird. Back in 2012, Netflix and Disney stuck struck a deal for exclusive rights oh, for all is, Disney. This is fucking huge. This it, is huge. Di- Disney, Pixar, Marvel, St- Marvel Studios, and Lucasfilm—all—all all that content 
an exclusive deal and it takes effect this September. The reason they struck this deal back in 2012 was they had to wait for licenses to expire with other bigger entities like Stars and HBO. Oh. So now this exclusivity applies specifically to stuff after 2016, but in addition to all that came before. So it's a safe bet that Willow is in fact going to show up for quite a while on Netflix whenever you want it. Mad Mardigan will be there for you uh, to look hunky and make some quips. Not because the the, did the was the Blu-ray out of print now. The Blu-ray is 100% out of print. Yep. Yeah, I've been guarding it. People, people have actually been asking me uh, to to borrow it. And no. I've been like very careful about who I lend it out to. I mean, like we've seen on Amazon, it, it's currently going for like 80 or so dollars. Um, wow. I'm gonna <laughs> lock it in the safe because that's gonna be the most valuable thing I own pretty soon. <laughs> I mean, you know how inflated things can get with Amazon, but it it's scarce. Like if you want to buy it in an online marketplace. Your options are limited, so hmm. uh, you can still find it in stores if you dig deep enough, and that's that's a message to all you listening. So that's going to happen. Willow is going to be on Netflix. It just I can tell you that now, right now it's happening. Here's where Willow won't be, and this sucks because we've been we've been pining on about it for years now. Willow won't be in Disney Infinity. Oh right, yeah, and that's because as we reported in a previous uh, recent uh, episode of uh, Nerdy Show, and we'll link to it on this episode's page for further details, Disney Infinity, and in fact, all of Disney Interactive has been shuttered in favor of Disney outsourcing their their properties to third party designers. Oh man, and not doing you, any more in house design. You've been you've been you've been like you know sowing the seeds for Willow for literally years with that guy. Uh, yeah, at the E3 at the E3 Disney Interactive booth. Ah, that sucks. Yeah, it really does. Because I mean, like I, the the dude that I've been talking with every year at, at E3, I mean, we've we've exchanged information. Like you know, the the likelihood of you know moving on to Indiana Jones was an eventuality. Captain EO was a thing that was ah. going to happen. It really was going to happen. But now the last things we're getting are the uh, through the Looking Glass and Finding Dory, and after that there's no more Disney Infinity, and it was successful. More like Disney Finity. Yeah, am very, I right? very, uh, very finite. Finite. Here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's so dumb. Like it was people, you know, it was a game for little kids, but people love this game. This game, and they love the figures, but it wasn't pulling in. Uh, like you know, they they judged that the toy toys that interacted with video games, a la Skylanders, was I suppose a fad. It, but mostly it was that it didn't pull in the same money they were expecting. And then also they were uh, they were in the process and have been in the process for a number of years uh, of downsizing Disney Infinity or, or Disney Interactive. Um, so now there's just there's nothing. It's also not uh, a coincidence that, you know, their stock is it's not that it's bad or anything like that, but it's it's no coincidence that they're they're in very interesting financial trouble they have a shit ton of cash but are spending it very poorly lately yeah when we we had a whole full-blown discussion about this in that nerdy show episode but it, it's a whole it's it's worthy of of its own discussion it's it's weird that disney's making more money than god when it comes to movies and everything but then their decisions elsewhere in the economic field are adversely affecting their stock and therefore adversely affecting all kinds of things the cutbacks at abc the death of, of disney interactive it's like things are being punished that are unrelated to the things that are costing them money, and it's pretty fucked up. I I, I personally feel like, you know, they should really uh, they should they should straighten that out. They're they're obviously too big because that stuff doesn't happen unless you're too big. 
um, Willow or Captain EO in Disney Infinity would have been the tipping point that would have made me buy it. Yeah. Right? You know, it's like... I would at least bought the figures. I mean, I would have definitely bought a Willow figure. I, I mean, yeah. with, without a doubt, I definitely would have bought a Captain EO. If that was a set, it's buying a Fuzzball and Hooter and like, man, I would have bought all those <laughs> yeah. guys. Yeah, I would have bought Captain EO for sure and I would have gotten Willow, Mad Mardigan, and then like I would have gone and bought like, you know, Black Panther. Black Panther versus Mad Mardigan. Go! Just to see what happens because of the, 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 the crazy stuff, but... None of that. Now. I mean, just there was a there was an Amazon exclusive Disney Infinity set for Zootopia that had a comprehensive cast of characters, not just Judy and Nick. It was like like a huge percentage of of like Zootopia characters with with lines, um, and the detail, the paintwork. I mean, you look at that and you think this is this was Disney Infinity. This was something really cool for kids, but also for adults if you want to collect figurines and. And now it's gone. So that just sucks. No, no Willow on Disney Infinity, after years and years and years of discussions uh, on our part. Uh, one more final tidbit: um, Black Root. It turns out, like many things from Willow, has a life in Star Wars. We've talked about how uh, Laura Dannon and brownies and other things have kind of made uh, guest appearances in, in Star Wars television over the years. Black Root was a rejuvenating beverage uh, Mother Taslin offered Count Dooku during his visit to Dathomir. In in in, uh, in, in where? Clone Wars. In, in Clone Wars. Wow. I remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that Infinity's gone, I'm holding out hope for a comic or a video game. I think a comic is doable. We now it's uh, now it's time we for us to, to start leaning on uh, on Marvel. Oh yes, we we most assuredly could do it. <laughs> um, anyhow, thus ends Willow Watch. But are you guys ready for a brand new segment? What's it called? It's called Indie Inquiry. Ooh. <laughs> Indie Inquiry was suggested by Nerdy Show producer Kutsushita. And um, it's uh, just a fun name to apply to the moments when um, we cover Indiana Jones news, which does happen intermittently and is definitely going to happen increasingly as we head towards a brand new Indiana Jones film. Indie Inquiry. I like it. Uh, producer Frank Marshall. He says, we're just getting the deal together and planning to bring on a writer. It's going to be two or three years. Uh, this will be an original idea, but we have the character, and it's not a prequel, but continuing since the last one. Um, that last bit of the line, continuing since the last one, has actually weirdly upset people and kind of turned headlines that it'll be a continuation. People say the word it this way, a continuation of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is preposterous. It just means that, you know... Um, it just means it takes place after. That's all. Yeah. So you know they're not going to. They're not going to the Crystal Skull Part Two. Yeah. They're <laughs> not. They're not going to say a film that invo- that was created by George Lucas and Steven Spielberg didn't happen. But they may, however, ignore absolutely everything about it. Hey, Which, to, to to be fair, there's not really been much continuity between any of those movies, anyways. Yeah. As far as just referential, yeah. you know. It's... I mean, they, no one talks about Temple of Doom in any other film, and they only mention the Lost Ark as a joke in Last Crusade. Yeah, I mean, so there's, who cares? There's, there's uh, there, they were more like James Bond continuity, or just you well, know, yeah, like, it's very James Bond like. It's that's know, the whole thing. It's sent, like... sent Marion on her way and was just on to the next girl. You know, like, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, now we discussed in a prior episode, um something that Mike Roffin from Consequence of Sound put forth of wouldn't it be great to use this new Jones film as an opportunity to bring in uh, a younger actor but do it via uh, old indie having an experience that kind of bounces him back in time in, in something he did earlier much like they did with Young Indiana Jones um, and Last Crusade to a certain degree 
uh, that could then have a you know a new younger actor playing Indy in the flashbacks that could carry on to other films. Uh, however, Frank Marshall uh, doth protest. Um, uh, he's well. He goes. Here's a full quote. It, it encompasses all this stuff. It's all about the story. I think that in the Jason Bourne series and in Indiana Jones, we're not going to do the Bond thing. Marshall said, <laughs> uh, referring to different actors throughout the title roles of the two franchise. Um, he oversees both of them, by the way. Uh, we think these characters. We think of these characters as iconic, and those are the only actors who can play that. Well, other than River Phoenix, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I I kind of disagree with the uh, the not going with the Bond formula. I mean, like, sure, I would I love seeing Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, yeah. even when he's kind of phoning it in. I don't care. I just I just love seeing it. But I'm I'm, I'm sorry, but like yeah. Harrison Ford was the second worst thing going on in Force Awakens. Like, yeah. like I mean, it's just what was the he's first? Not, what was, not, what was the first worst thing? Carrie Fisher. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's not gonna get any better with with. Uh, with um you know him running around in as indiana jones like it's just it's too geriatric for lack of a better term it's just i don't know and you could even see a little bit of it in crystal skull that wasn't what was wrong with crystal skull there was a lot of things wrong with crystal skull (laughs) part-time but yeah (laughs) but you know i blame the editor for that one it's yeah yeah it was I'll say that first Crystal Skull trailer is still one of the best trailers. Oh, God, that had me so pumped. I can't even tell you. I was more pumped for that than I was in the Force Awakens trailer. It is amazing. Ridiculous. There's certain things about those movies that you can, as long as if you have the right sound design and you have the right like yeah. look and the music, yeah. like it looks perfect. But it wasn't until you actually saw it in full in you context, saw how bad yeah. it was. But, 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 but yeah, I, I, I think I want Indiana Jones movies in the future. I want them 10 years from now. I want to be go. I want to keep going, and I think my opinion is the best way to go about that is just recast a young one and just make it just. just I mean, they look at Sean did. Connery. Like, they already you know, did. He's he's going to be in Han Solo film. Well, that's the Han Solo thing. I'm talking about like Indiana Jones. You can fine get the same actor. I don't care. But I'm just saying, I want to see a continuation. And if you, the yeah. way you can go about it is like James Bond, where it's like, oh. Daniel Craig is not the same James but, Bond as Sean Connery. But, but they don't even have to James Bond it. Like, this movie come out, as you kind of mentioned, with the whole, like, having an experience in the past. Like, that beginning of Last Crusade is perfect because it it segues from this adventure that he had in Utah in his youth, and they mm-hmm. show him closing out that adventure. Yeah. But this movie should be, it should be bookended. You have him, like, he came across, like, something that, you know, he he hasn't, you know, a, a you know an archaeology hunt that he hasn't, finished gone, or whatever. Yeah, yeah hasn't yeah. finished and he gets the flashback back to those days and are you pitching and in those flashbacks am i pitching uncharted 4 no i am no no, no 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 i'm <laughs> saying are you are you pitching the mr holmes version but it's dr well, jones well, well that that's what that's what uh, mike rothman pitched in the article that we talked so about instead of mr. mr holmes dr jones yeah exactly nice and it, that is that is the like and, and it's great like i mean that that article by mike was fantastic because it, it is the best way to smoothly make audiences accept that this is indiana jones by himself i don't think river phoenix like what you know whatever he was you know like going from a boy to a man like completely different character transformation but i don't think by himself he could have pulled off you know young indiana jones but just transitioning it that way With the hat or whatever yeah, yeah it's just like that's the best way to do it, it it's organic and you see it and it's you, been done before if you're exactly. con- yeah Proven. i know i'd agree if you're continuing the same storyline the problem is is that if you're going with indiana jones canon which who knows if it's all 
you know, if if, if all this thing is still canon, but like all the freaking books and stuff that I was that I was reading growing are, up, are are they going to? Is the story group going to attack that one? I don't know. No one's talked about it. They, I mean, the way the way you were into Star Wars and the books and shit, I was into the Indiana Jones mm-hmm. books. And uh, so for me, I'm like, dude, I have a timeline in my head of where Indiana Jones was in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and on and on and on. And I'm like, we're running out of space to film a movie. So having old Indiana Jones like taking place after Crystal Skull, that's still open ground. No one knows what's what's going on, you know, at that point. But if you're going to do a young Indiana Jones story, you're going to cast another actor. It's like you're trampling on what the books are now. Nine ninety percent of all people who are Indiana Jones fans probably don't give a shit about the books, but I'm just saying there's like canon there, and mm-hmm. why risk flipping all of that when you can do the James Bond thing, which is new actor, new take on Indiana Jones. Years from now, you look back and say, "Who's your favorite James Bond? Was it Connery? Was it Roger Moore? You know, oh, I kind of like Daniel Craig. All right, great. I want years from now to look back and say, "Who's your favorite Indiana Jones? Was it Harrison but, Ford or this guy?" But India is so of the period. Also, another part of Crystal Skull that was weird was well, watching so was, was, was watching him exist in a post World War II period where he's no longer sort of like the emblematic hero of the pre World War era. I mean, he he like his look, his th- like his shtick was being the that sort of late. 30s heroic adventurer and then in in post-world war ii he was so out of place when that's why i actually really do enjoy one sequence in that movie which is when they go to like perfect suburbia massachusetts and in crystal skull because he sticks out like a sore thumb yeah in this sort of new greaser era like sort of you know yeah you know korean war yeah yeah, yeah. you know like it's just it it actually aesthetically like the look of it like it's just it's really jarring and awesome and I just don't think if you continue the story with Indy in now p- potentially in the '60s, I'm like, where where is his spot? Like, is he? Are they really going to make him go up against the Soviets again? Like, that's where James Bond takes over. You know what I mean? Like, exactly, th- there's yeah, a different yeah. type of hero. And 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 the nice thing is they reinvented Bond to not have to because it was weird. Bond rarely actually took on the Soviets, but I think he you know he took on the Cold War hero role. And I just don't think Indy belongs in that era. And that's why I think they need to do an organic reset to give me more. I'm adventures. saying yeah, do that, but with a but with a new guy, and you don't have to tie it into Harrison Ford. I'm saying if you do, that's nice. But all you do when you tie it into Harrison Ford, you're tying it into a one continuous storyline. It's all the same universe. So, so you think just casting a new actor resets the canon where you don't it won't interfere. Kind of like James Bond. Yeah, there's two ways can, to take see, it. See, either either you tie it in with this this actor playing young Indiana Jones playing young Harrison Ford, or you just say fuck all that. Different actor, different universe, like, or, you know, or it could tie in. Like, people have a theory about how all the James Bonds tie in, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I'm not saying code name, Indiana Jones, yeah. you know, <laughs> none of that shit. But there, I'm saying there's a way you can make it work, and I think the best way is the Bond method. New new actor every four or five movies, mm-hmm. and uh, and have a different filmmaker take on the different take of it. That's why Spielberg wanted for, the, for number four, he didn't want to do number three. He goes, have some young filmmaker do their own take on it. That's what he wanted, and I want to see that. And I want it to be me. Also, by the way, <laughs> that's, also, that's also, ultimately what I'm getting to. Here. Something very important that people aren't really like. No word on George Lucas as far as his knowledge. Indy's always been like in a weird way. As much as Spielberg's been involved, that was his special like sort of like you know baby with him, where he kind of you know he started it, and then Spielberg mm-hmm. would do the filmmaking aspect of mm-hmm. it. But all the thought process was him, and this will be the first one without him in in all likelihood. Yeah, right? no, it's and a that, big deal. That's weird, and I and nobody has really like looked at that yet but you know his name will still be on the front of it first thing you'll see is lucasfilm so i mean he'll still get his respect but it will be weird because it's not coming from him
Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And I guess we'll see. And maybe maybe even Steven Spielberg will feel some degree of liberation because the the he said she said relating to what exactly happened with Crystal Skull that was a thing. And and there's no there's is there there's no sort of confirmation about what Spielberg's involvement. He's directing it. He is He's, directing yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, just. Just don't want another Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Pre- some preaching to the choir. <laughs> so before before we do the spoiler wall, one final thing: video games. Couple quick announcements. Battlefront Two is the thing that's happening. Battlefront was so successful. There's a Battlefront Two, and it's happening in 2017. It'll have quote bigger and better better worlds, and will make use of content from the new movies. And EA will release one new Star Wars game every year for the next three to four years. Oh boy, hold on to your butts. I, I, you know, Battlefront's not the deepest game in the world. I still enjoy playing with my friends a lot. Um, it's still one of the like m- most pleasing looking video games I've ever seen, and um, I don't know, it's fun. But I understand everybody's qualms with it. My my dad has not picked up a video game controller since space invaders mm-hmm. the other day he confided in me that he was standing with a ps4 in his hand ready to go to the checkout line as the bundle pack of star wars battlefront because it looked so good and i'm like <laughs> he would be blown away so fast yeah. like he'd be, he'd be total noob but he he wanted to experience it that badly it looks that good my uh my dad was visiting and uh I was playing. I, I played. Was playing Battlefront while he was like in the shower. And when he got when he got out of the bathroom and he uh, saw that I was playing, he looked at the TV and he goes, "Oh, which one's this?" <laughs> <laughs> like, it does look absolutely yeah. out of this world. Um, Respawn Entertainment, who make Titanfall, it was announced that they're doing a Star Wars game too. That's in addition to uh, EA and also Dice, who are doing the uh, the potentially thirteen thirteen uh, redo. Um, so Respawn, Titan, Titanfall, Stig Amusen, the former God of War director, described it as a third-person action-adventure game. It's just not going to have big scale, though. Like, it will be a tight, small story, if there's story. And I just, you know... You don't, you, you don't think they'll apply... The, you don't think that the, the video games that are action-story-based games will have the same degree of quality as the comic books? It seems like it's in a similar playing field, has a similar flexibility. But like, I, like something like Dark Forces went after like the idea of like, well, obviously stealing Death Star plans in, in level one, but then the rest of it was like it was like a big imperial project, which you know I guess like, you know that's that's you know a story of the week I guess in the Star Wars universe. But the second game took place after Return of the Jedi and was about you becoming a Jedi Knight and like right. going into this Valley of the Jedi and a, like really getting in deep into Jedi lore. I don't think with the movies I, but, you can, but I, they would afford mm, to let a video game get into that. I, I think the Valley of the Jedi ended up being huge as far as like scope of of the old expanded universe. But but they they still because again to point back to uh, the old Republic, that thing's flying on the radar. I think most people that are trying to organize a story with movies and comic books, I don't think they fully understand games, and they don't think they fully understand what games are capable of doing or how big they're capable of getting. They think. Oh, video games. That's like a toy, right? All right, go ahead. Do whatever you want to do with that. Go ahead and make that video game. Make that mobile app. Well, make it whatever it well, is. Well, also because Nice Fallen Empire isn't canon, right? Is it? I don't think it is. Well, no one knows. 
yeah, the that's the, state, thing. the 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 um the current status of uh older of the old Republic Online it's is still Schrodinger's unconfirmed. Cat, yeah, you yeah. know, Schrodinger's yeah, they haven't disavowed canon. it and they haven't confirmed it. So it's I'm just enjoying it for whatever it is. But I still don't think I I don't think they view the games the same way. I I think unless unless they make an amazing game that does you know huge big stuff and then uh, Star Wars fans bug bug Pablo Hidalgo about it on Twitter and he's like wait what are they doing in the game no that's not right and then it's gonna have a whole big fiasco but I I think they're not treating games the same way at least not with the same amount of oversight and like I mentioned there's that that Lego Star Wars game now why Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens the New Adventures should be of interest to you. Is not just because the Lego games are fun, but they actually secured the entire cast of Force Awakens, including Harrison Ford, for this game, which is insane. Does that mean he re-recorded dialogue for the game specifically, or that they just lifted it from the movie? No, for the game. Wow. It's... When has, has that ever happened? Never, because he's never done an Indiana Jones game. He's never done any of the other Star Wars games. It's so probably wow. like things they picked up from his mic in between sets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really just alternate takes. Really, is all it is. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of DLC for it, and if you buy a season pass, you actually get some exclusive stuff. Um, the DLC is I think like ten bucks or something, uh, but you get level packs, and uh, they include. The, the thing I mentioned with Poe Dameron, uh, Poe's quest for survival, a whole new adventure featuring Poe Dameron's journey back to the Resistance space after his daring escape from the First Order that left him stranded in Jakku. Poe must search for BB-8, though I suppose he doesn't find him, uh, and locate a ship to escape the desert planet in an effort to find his way home. I, I hope it follows the, uh, the, the novel. That was a cool scene. Um, we also get um, the assault on Maz Kanata's castle through the eyes of Kylo Ren. The collapse of Starkiller Base from the perspective of the two Resistance pilots. And there's a bunch of character packs, including the Jedi character pack, which is exclusive to people who do the season uh, pass. Hmm. Otherwise, there's prequel trilogy, Freemaker Adventures, that's the uh, the Lego Star Wars television show that's coming out, Star Wars Rebels, and Clone Wars character packs. Wow. Pretty extensive. And you get a ton of weird characters you want some plo clune though if you want to be plo cool you're gonna have to get the jedi character pack and and get the uh season pass right I'm, off the bat otherwise I'm, you ain't getting i'm it. buying it i'm buying it right now <laughs> man you want to be plo, plo cool colin you want to be plo cool listen i liked plo fucking coon before he was fucking before he popular. was cool yeah you man. had a mask you had a, i heard i heard plo coon is snoke dude oh man i would I'd pay money. I'd pay all the money. I'll, I'll, I, my ch- my child. I would I would hand him over. No, I, um, but uh, uh, oh, man, Ploku. Uh, yeah, I had a mask that I like went around and like wore for. Uh, God, I was a freshman in fucking college, and it was like that really poor decision that you make when you're a freshman in college and you decide with like two of your friends that it's Halloween and you're gonna go to a random neighborhood and you're gonna you know do trick or treating and it was like. Uh, we're fucking way too old for this shit. Um, why? Did well, we I did it this? once when it wasn't Halloween in a student housing complex, oh, and man. we got we. It was a high success ratio. We got canned uh, canned uh, food. We got ramen. We we cleaned up. It was great. <laughs> People were just impressed that we were even bothering, and uh, it wasn't Halloween. So, <laughs> what did you dress up as? I don't remember. It was just whatever crap I had in my closet, which is, you know, as you know, but quite a lot. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Man, I love Placoon. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're about to jump off for the uh, uh, the opening of the Blast Doors. So before we go, we got to tell you, that State of the Empire is an entirely listener-supported podcast. We would not exist without your generous 
donations towards the Nerdy Show Network. You can go to nerdyshow.com slash support and find all the different ways to chip in. But let me tell you about some of them real briefly. One, you can do a one-time donation on there, which is super helpful. But two, and perhaps most importantly, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. Even a dollar gets you early releases of stuff, and uh, a little bit more gets you all kinds of bonus content, including outtakes from a lot of State of the Empire episodes and and many other features as well. You should check it all out at uh, nerdyshow.com slash Patreon. But perhaps the one most pertinent to ye consumers of Star Wars memorabilia is our Amazon link. If you go to nerdyshow.com slash Amazon, that will provide you with links that will take you to Amazon through our portal, and anything you buy on there will give back to Nerdy Show. And you can actually bookmark that link and make that your only portal for Amazon. And so all your casual purchasing on Amazon will give back to Nerdy Show at no additional cost to you. Of course, also, all the links to the stuff we mentioned on this episode will also work from our from our episode page, which is super cool and super helpful. One thing you can do that doesn't involve any money is rate and review us on iTunes, which would be huge because you're listening to the show, you enjoy it, we should clearly be one of the biggest Star Wars podcasts on the net. Our ratings would disagree. So, um, I mean... Well, the number of ratings would disagree. Sorry, the number of ratings, yes. The ratings themselves are very good. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> they're very favorable. They're very, they're very favorable. I mean, like, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the ratings on iTunes specifically, where we have... We currently have 17 ratings. We have way more listeners than 17 people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of fine folks out there listening to this show, and thank you very much. But let your voice be heard. Hop on iTunes. Give us a star rating. And if you have a little bit extra time, give us a review. And if you do, we'll read it on the show. Here's one from Garrier, who says... They search their feelings and everywhere else for Star Wars tidbits and hints about what is coming next. They keep it accessible for fans who may not have dived as deep into the Sarlacc pit as others while still showing their impressive knowledge while plotting their course through hyperspace. They keep the spoilers behind the blast doors so you can enjoy this show whether or not you want spoilers. Willow Watch is excellent as well. It'll put hair on your chest. (laughs) 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 Bravo, (laughs) Garrier. Um, also one final note, Star Wars Celebration Europe is obviously happening this July 15th through 17th in London. If you're going there, let us know. We want to hear about your experiences. But, oh, in 2017, my friends, Star Wars is returning to Orlando. Oh, yeah. And that is our home base. So you can bet your asteroids that Nerdy Show and State of the Empire and Consequence of Sound, for that matter, are going to be at Star Wars Celebration in force. Ha. If you want to buy tickets, they are currently on sale, and we will see you there. Want to organize a meetup? Great, because we're going to be there. So uh, so let's hang out at Star Wars Celebration in 2017. I, I am so excited for that celebration. Like, I just, I, I get giddy thinking about just how much joy that, like, this city is going to experience, and we're all going to be together for it. Oh, yes. I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> we're going to wait in line for, uh, for the trailer. <laughs> It's like for one more trailer. And and, and uh, Colin's joining us, right? I doubt it. Oh, come on. What? Come on. After all that, you're going to be like, nah. I mean, I mean, uh, just yes. stick your baby in a Yoda backpack. And actually, be done with I, I was it. actually yeah, going to suggest you could probably come up with something really good, like maybe a Salacious Crumb cosplay. Like oh, you could do Jabba man. and Asher <laughs> oh, could be. Uh... Man, that'd be good. Oh, that'd be so <laughs> worth it. Uh huh. <laughs> Man, that's so good. Peer pressure. Oh god, I gotta have like some sort of like I gotta train him to make do the laugh though. Oh man, 
You didn't like like how you train a bird. You're just gonna put it on tape on loop while he goes to sleep, just over and over and over again. So That's do you like... have to purchase like do you have to purchase like tickets to the park as well as tickets to Star Wars? No, no. What are you talking about? It's, it's at the, the convention, convention center. center. Yeah. Oh, I thought they were doing it at at because they used to be. Oh, it's this isn't like weekend. You're thinking of Star Wars weekends. Sorry, man. Yeah. Hey, hey rest listen. in peace and peace. Yeah, man. Listen, <laughs> listen. Having a kid, no joke. You do not sleep. <laughs> Ah, uh, so you're running empty right now. I got gotcha. you, oh, guys. You have no clue. I mean, I mean, all the parents out there who are listening to this. I mean, it's it's rough. So really, um, think about it. It's like the pit of Carcoon. <laughs> put it, yeah. Put it, put a glove on. <laughs> all right, guys. We're gonna open the blast doors. Spoilers beyond this point. Open the blast doors. Open the blast doors. Rogue One. In addition to the ATACT, I forgot to mention we got short shore troopers, which is weird. They were mm-hmm. it was announced during a recent episode of the the new Star Wars show called Star Wars Show on StarWars.com. So they were called Scarab Troopers on set, but the new uh, design is called Shore Troopers because for some reason the Empire loves overspecified armor. You know, for uh, though I have to say for for a galaxy that seems to be dominated by biosphere types dominating an entire planet it is kind of cool that their army is also built on the idea of biosphere centric armor um we also had a leaked visual dictionary which is it's dubious um some aspects of it except that it there's enough visuals that were present pertaining to the new content that um for all the things that were kind of wrong in it it's easier to believe that it was just uh temp art that they stuck in that was wrong mm-hmm. rather than the actual content was wrong because there was a surprising amount of stuff on there that was just straight up new and they could not have access to that well, and every, every picture had the stamp on it not final design yeah you know so so we got a new tie fighter called a tie striker which is like uh it's like part half interceptor half not it's actually the the look of the tri tie thing interceptor from the second rebel assault game but in the shape of the Sith fighter from the Knights of the Republic game. Like, it's actually the same shape, but it <laughs> right. has the Imperial TIE design. Mm-hmm. So that's more more video game connections, the Rogue One. And we got a new Rebel Craft. We think it's called a U-Wing? Yes. It's, um, well, at least in, in, this, in, in the schematics for what was released, it was called the U-Wing. Yeah. And man, I'm so fucking excited about the U-Wing. Because I love ships and the B-Wing and all that crazy shit. <laughs> he, he's a big fan of the alphabet. His kid's going to be an early reader. Yeah, I, 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 lo- I love all those fucking crazy things. And it's mostly because of um, like Rebel Assault and stuff like that. Like I, I just It really love- is. It's just, I don't know. Like I, I, I reinstalled a TIE Fighter the other day. But it turns out I do need to find like some sort of compatible joystick or something to, to like mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. enjoy myself. But like... It, Something about Rogue One is just kicking up all sorts of LucasArts like yeah. nostalgia. Like I'm, yeah. it's awesome. And uh, from this uh, visual dictionary, Vader, like whoa, we were we were teasing it before for the people who didn't want to listen to the spoilers. Vader's in this. We've been saying it for episodes now, but like it's just getting more and more and more. Vader is straight up in this yeah. movie. It's all but official at this point. Yeah. The only question is, is how much will they give us? Is it an appearance? Is it one action scene? Is he the is the is he the the rebels foil? Will he show up at the end to be like, all right, you guys you have guys been incompetent. Yeah. Like I'm gonna yeah. take care of shit. Like I, I hope I hope they get at least one action scene. Like the finale is like the uh, who who's the the the, the director 
Like the director is just Krennic. like the whole time. It's like Vader's on his way. He's going to be here in like two days, you know, because he has to come across the galaxy. And he's like, we better find them by then. And then the final scene is like you, they think they finally get them. The rebels warp out boom, and then they're gone. And they're like, uh, sir, Vader's just arrived. And he just puts the pistol to his head. And then it's just like <laughs> and then it's just like Vader, you know, kicks down the door with, you know, and it's just like, all right, take it from here. And then he just has them open fire. So you just realize that he's large and in charge. I definitely think Vader will take the final loss in the movie only because that line from A New Hope with the there'll be no one to stop us this time. I think, important. Yeah. I that, think very, very important to this movie. I feel like that's what the whole film's based on is that mm-hmm. one line. Um, Mads Mikkelsen has a little bit of a loose lip. Um, he said some things that uh, are not huge, but interesting. Uh, he says it'll feature flashbacks. The film will feature flashbacks to Jin's childhood. I play her dad when she's younger, so we jump back and forth in time is what he, spe- he said specifically. He also confirmed, quote, iconic Star Wars characters will be in Rogue One. Specifically, he was asked if old guard characters uh, were in the movie, and he said some of them, but I would reveal too much. There are iconic characters in our film and also characters you've never heard of. It's a mix. Let me ask you guys this. <laughs> What would you put money on? Are we going to get an opening crawl for Rogue One or not? I think that's also one of the most fascinating things. Like, how in this weird type of film that's never yeah. been done before with Star Wars do you approach the actual technical elements of right. like. I think we are going to get an opening the... crawl because it's universal, because it's appeared in Rebels. It appears in the beginning of every Star Wars comic that's book true. and every video, video game. And every video game. As much as I would love the balls does, for them to do something radically different, it's not going to happen. I mean, it, I it, don't know. it doesn't appear in the Clone Wars TV show, which is canon. It's tough. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, so uh, making Star Wars has further verified Vader's presence in the film via a photo shoot from Rogue One that was shown to them. And of course, they've been passing along all kinds of information over the months about Vader being in it. But they also had some uh, some speculation based on some stuff a source told them, and of course sources who knows. But a source a source who provided them with information in the past that had been accurate, uh, that said that tank in the trailer, the person in it is Vader, and and here's why. Um, he uh, there's a, there's a sequence that was filmed in which Vader gets his limbs interchanged and repaired in the movie. Is is what was said by the source. I remember hearing about this. I remember hearing about this when it was more, even more rumorish than this. And the idea was that this would be a long roundabout way of explaining why Vader is a little more clunky when fighting Obi Wan than he is at any other time. I yeah. also, I also yeah. like this. The more, it's it's almost like sadistic in a way with the whole more machine than man. Is if you see that he's actually becoming even more machine than man yeah as it's going to also lends a lot more weight to that chopping off the arm of vader in jedi yeah and seeing the i mean obviously like you know he had lost that in you know revenge of the sith but like to realize that that vader is becoming i mean so much of a machine that like it's literal at that yeah, point yeah. Uh, yeah yeah that he i mean he is probably no more than just a a, a head yeah you know like a face behind the mask and that might just mm-hmm. be it and uh um there's rumors um, this, that have pertained largely to episode eight about Hayden Christensen being trained for a new Star Wars film, that he'd been seen with people who were known trainers for prepping people for Star Wars films. And everyone's saying, ooh, it's going to be episode eight. It's going to be episode eight. It, there's a suggestion now that maybe it's Rogue One. But why why go through the trouble of getting Hayden Christensen just to be in a suit, you know? The, maybe the Bacta tank? Uh, uh. I mean, why would Maybe. you need trainers for any of that, honestly? But. Well, that's true. And why? But also, why couldn't you just? He's supposed to be older, so they're gonna ageify him in a back the tank. Why not just 
have half his face covered up with the fucking breather, you know? Like, I don't... I don't know. I'm not necessarily buying the Hayden Christian thing. I, I have to I, see I, more I will evidence. Say, as, as much as I want it, like there, it is very. That does sound like a very tabloid-ish rumor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would love to see. Well, the it. same way they said Hugh Jackman's going to be in episode seven. Daniel Craig and Daniel Craig was in episode seven, but just you know, what'd be really funny. Hayden Christian is there. He's going to be a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> they would. Well, well, that would be now. That would be great. Come well, on. It's like well, what would you say to exactly that happening, but Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy being a stormtrooper? Yeah, because that's that's for real. Sure, why not? Uh, this is confirmed by making Star Wars. We have an entire scene described. I don't know how the hell they get this stuff. Um, Tom Hardy plays a first order stormtrooper. And now, and, and, and okay, we're talking about episode episode eight. eight okay, yeah. okay. He glimpses Finn on a secret mission. Doesn't realize what's what Finn's doing. And uh, the incognito Finn is surprised when the stormtrooper walks up behind him and slaps him on the ass. Finn turns around thinking he's fucking caught and dead and the stormtrooper is elated to see his old friend from back during first order academy days and congratulates finn on his promotion to uh <laughs> to a, a, an infiltrator or something like that like that's a scene i think that's very cool and clever like as far as just the the, the first order spinning his betrayal mm-hmm. although still like you know his involvement in blowing up star killer base I, I, it's, <laughs> that'd be a hard one to spin um however it's one thing if daniel craig because the, the daniel craig cameo was based on him being on set doing specter not on set but being in the same studio and mm-hmm. he's like oh shit i want to do this because you know that's, who wouldn't yeah. exactly to get tom hardy to do this at this stage i wonder i mean it's tom hardy they would want tom hardy in a star wars movie is this setting something up for later? Either A, he's actually a significant character for later in the series, or maybe he gets his own movie. Maybe he's a stormtrooper in in some sort of planned spinoff. Well, but like, also, he can be a stormtrooper, an un, an unmasked stormtrooper, and and also be Tom Hardy later on in some other movie. We don't well, have, that's know. true. He's yeah. very versatile, especially in his looks. Like mm-hmm. he's especially speaking through masks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's very versed in I that. I just I don't like why do you use Tom Hardy in that? I mean, I don't know the sequence of the scene, but like what if it's a very significantly good scene? Like I think you could use that Hardy character. All right, like, guys. All right, guys. Buddy cop film. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy and um Daniel Craig. Stormtrooper, good, buddy cop. Good troop, bad troop. Yep. Okay. I like it. Dan Craig's the bad one. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. I do like the idea of them flashing their badges and it's the Imperial insignia. Yep. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, one of the shitty titles I mentioned before was Echoes of the Dark Side. Admittedly, one of the probably the better title title of all of them. Uh, this was that's the uh, allegedly working title of Episode Eight from a Reddit user called Lou Evil One who posted a full list of leaked, quote unquote, plot details on his Star Wars Leaks Reddit. Um, and uh, they, these details are extensive. I guess we'll, we'll link to them um, on this episode's page. Uh, here's essentially... I could. This is a long episode, so I'm not going to like read through this entire thing, but there's a lot of details here, and I don't believe a word of it, though it is kind of interesting. What he proposes... Um, well, I'll, just, I'll read the first part, because <laughs> it's got kind of a, a structure to it. Um, Ray and Luke... Um, Let's see. Luke says his uh, his Jedi were wiped out. Snoke seduced Kylo and a few other students to the dark side and tasked them with killing everyone. Luke and a few others survived, including a young Ray who was subsequently dumped on Jakku by Luke. Ray's mom died in the attack. 
Ray is pissed at Luke because she guessed that he was her father and is angry at him for abandoning her. Luke turns to her and says, no, you are my father. <laughs> That's the uh, bullshit clacks on Warren going off. <laughs> uh, Ray is the reincarnation of Anakin Skywalker. Nope. <laughs> uh, Luke went to the first Jedi temple to better understand how the process works. He Man. learned that the spirit of the chosen one is reincarnated by the force every time the universe is thrown out of balance, which oh apparently happens God. on a semi-regular no. basis. No, 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 no. no. This is Avatar The Last Airbender shit right here. Exactly. Exactly. It is It is exactly Avatar uh, and a little oh, bit of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, too. Holy shit, um, man. No, this is why they're fucking training Hayden Christensen, because he comes back to her as a fucking force ghost. She goes. Well, he Avatar says that. This, that's that's what this in, guy leaking it says. She goes into Avatar state and then, like, visits all the previous chosen ones. And, and, and That's it, exactly what happens in this description. So he, <laughs> all right, Well, there you go. I called it. <laughs> you, you heard it first. You called it. This guy said it. Yeah. He posted it weeks ago. <laughs> well, I didn't read it, so it, it would get. Uh, there'd also be cameos from Obi Wan and Yoda, with Ewan McGregor and Frank Oz reprising their roles. Whatever. Um, and uh, it's it's a a plot, b plot, c plot with uh, different characters in different directions until they eventually meet up at the end, a la Empire Strikes Back, because Kylo gets a hold of Finn and uses Finn as as collateral to lure Rey out of hiding with Luke. Um, and the difference is, is that Luke's like, hey, my Master Yoda said, you know, don't run off of this shit, but I'm not my Master Yoda. And then they go off and together and do it. Uh, he also says Benicio Del Toro's character is a dude named Lord Vikram, uh, who is a Republic uh, leader, um, an interim dictator, actually, uh, who was quickly put into power after the Starkiller base, you know, destroyed the entire Senate structure. Um, and... Uh, Leia and Vikram butt heads. Vikram agrees that the Republic has to go to war with the First Order, but wants to wait for communications to come back online so they can muster up a sizable force. Leia disagrees and wants to take the war to the First Order now, while Snoke is still reeling from Starkiller's destruction. She says both sides are in chaos, which makes uh, an opportunity time to strike. Um, Does None of this addresses Laura Dern's character. Exactly. It doesn't. So, yeah. And I think I actually believe what we mentioned about Laura Dern in the prior episode about her... Uh, it, it's it's weird. Like the, the these do conflict. This were it not for Lord Dern, I'd be like, oh, this sounds believable, maybe. But if you see a character named Lord Vikram, then maybe there was some truth to this because to date, Benicio del Toro's character has not been named. So that that'll be the the tell on how much to believe this when that information comes out. Now here's some stuff that is actually credible, and that is the Knights of Ren being cited on set. Yeah, this is badass. Um. There's a set uh, on the water at Malin Head in the, uh, the, the I believe that's the place in Ireland they're filming. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the shoreline, uh, we're seeing seven men in black with helmets resembling medieval knights with weapons. Sources described a scene using a lot of wire work where Luke Skywalker and Rey are on Octo just before nightfall. As the sun sets in the background, it starts to rain. Kylo and the Knights of Ren turn up along the coast. He's not wearing the mask. Ray and Kylo Ren duel one-on-one and end up fighting along the cliff face overlooking the nighttime water. The Knights of Ren go for Luke, who fights them on the beach. One of them has an axe, and he's force-pushed away to his death after being thrown through the air. Ray is taken out of the battle. She's either wounded or appears to go over the side of the cliff. Luke casually walks toward Kylo to finish him, but Kylo retreats when he sees his crew is defeated. And this description ended with, Luke Skywalker is a badass Jedi, and he will destroy your squad. (laughs) (laughs) So... What if the okay? So you know about like Ray's Force Vision, right? Where she t- when she touches the lightsaber. Yeah. What if that wasn't a flashback to what was previously happened, but that's a flash forward of what is about to happen? 
Colin, I like where your head's at. Yeah, for that's no, that's for yeah for a premonition. <laughs> except, well, except in this description, Kylo Ren was not wearing the mask. However, today's set photos that were on Reddit, he was wearing the mask. That mm. is something I was going to bring up. Okay, well, what do you what do you got? What else did we learn? Because this just happened. I haven't seen any of this stuff. Um, there was some what definitely appears to be a a big creature. There's no head spotted, but definitely some sort of creature was created for the use in filming. Um, they also said that Ray and Kylo were like affectionate towards one another, but they also said it looked like that may have been between sets, or between shots. Like they oh, were like, just, like, just like hanging out, like yeah. leaning on each other, like mm-hmm. whatever. So like that, you know, is kind of a scene is rumored it, where uh, uh, Ray and Kylo kind of lean against a rock and drink juice boxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it blue milk juice box? Is that what it is? I'm Other sorry. than that, just more affirmations of this like multiple nights against Luke. I'm just going to say I have two problems with this. And by the way, I just want to say they're still minuscule because I'll take watching Luke being utter badass, completely yeah. badass over all of this. Mm-hmm. One, I didn't have a chance to see the knights as badasses. Right. Which kind of well, As far as you know. As far as I know. Mm-hmm. Unless this is at like near the end of the movie or something. Mm-hmm. They've already been badasses. Or, or and... What was the point of finding the map if the Knights of Ren and, and Kylo were just able to locate them after the fact anyway? Yeah, because it's suspected that this is the opening of the film, and can practically. I, yeah, and can, can I say this? is It's kind of fucked up. The whole thing was Leia's trying to find her brother, and Rey finds him, and she just hangs out in trains instead of goes back to the Resistance. Well, like, no, dude, 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 like, dude, dude, dude. The easy explanation of how they can find it, Rey just brought the Falcon to Luke. And how did the Empire find the Rebellion in A New Hope? They fucking tracked it. I know, which, by the way, it looked like they, you know, I guess they didn't track the Falcon. They tracked Snap Wexley. So, trust me, somebody needs to hold Snap Wexley accountable for bringing back the, the like, letting the, the First Order the find Falcon the land- No, 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 the Falcon saying, landed on, saying, on, on the... The on opening the- scene of, of Episode Eight, Echoes of the Dark Side, <laughs> <laughs> needs to be... Leia executing Snap Wexley with a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. But the, but they the Falcon landed on Starkiller Base, and yeah. there's a deleted scene where you know Kylo Ren and the snowtroopers they go investigate it. What if there's just they just like all right, leave a tracking device on this thing if they, in case they get Un- away. Another reason why that really great scene should have been put back in the movie. Yeah, and just like that would have explained everything. And then like Episode Eight, uh, you know, follow the resistance <laughs> starts where Luke is talking to Ray, and he's just like. You came here in that thing? You're braver than I thought. And then he goes down there, and then it's just like, what are you looking for? Tracking device. Last time we did this. Oh, it's here. We got to go. And then boom, you know, knights show up. So it's it could just as easily. He's like, you led them right to me. You're stupid. You don't know anything. You're undisciplined. I do think the movie will open with the Empire, or with the First Order, though. I do think it'll, if anything echoes uh, Empire Strikes Back, I do think it'll be that sort of thing. Like We'll see. Like, witnessing the might of the enemy in the beginning. Right. I will say one thing, Colin, about your, your idea that the vision was a premonition. Uh, there were other dead bodies laying around, though, and one guy did get... We did see a guy get stabbed. And and also, the yeah, the guy that got stabbed was not one of the knights, I yeah. think. Yeah, so, um, but it could, be, it could be... You know, we're only seeing glimpses, you know, second, third hand of people who are seeing it from a distance. But so I, like, I, like, I like where your head's at, Colin. Because, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Outside the box. You know, Pablo Hidalgo has gone on and said, like, wow, it's just amazing. Everybody seems to think that that Battlefield was the was the Academy and, like, that there was an Academy. And, you know, that was actually one of his more, like, right. peeved off moods at the time, probably just because he had been pestered like hell. But, like, you know, it's just 
who knows at this point? Well, you know, he's like, trolling fans. You know, yeah, he, and he's just like, oh, yeah. well, Ray wasn't at Bespin, right? And then some people are like, well, if she's reincarnated Anakin, she was. You know? <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> it's like, no. Oh, it's like, well, <laughs> it's I mean, just... like, you know, also, too, like, the Force works in really weird ways. And the way uh, – there's so many – there's so much precedence of the – future being told in a strange and different way um to the jedi listening to the force and you know someone should go back to empire and put in a a force vision style just like force awakens for luke when he's on dagobah right and have you know like leia being tortured and, <laughs> exactly. and actually put in put in clips of force awakens so we can see the future and maybe some <laughs> stuff in the prequels and like that actually would be pretty cool yeah yeah because i mean he probably had a very similar visual experience yeah. to what Ray had. But, you know, there's obviously... Or he, he couldn't fully comprehend what he was seeing, yeah. you know, and Yoda had to explain. Um, so that's that's all we've got. But ex- uh, the one last thing we, we should talk about is the actual revelations from Bloodlines. Um, we know that Rain Johnson's contributions were apparently political fract- uh, factions and overall political disposition um, in, in the book. But But what we learned ultimately is that and this is pretty fascinating. Um, it becomes public knowledge after Jedi that Darth Vader was Leia's father, and that fucks her political career utterly, and makes people afraid of Luke and suspicious of him as a Jedi. Makes sense. And having not read it myself, that's what I know. Uh, Matt, do you know anything else about that? No, that's uh, that's around where I'm getting up to. Um, yeah, it's the political quagmire is kind of depressing to be honest because it's just a it's just about a lot of bickering and infighting and essentially wanting to elect a strong central power a la an emperor you know like to take control of the situation. I, I don't know it's just i i feel like that's a reflection of current society being dissatisfied <laughs> with the way things are now it's just a right. shame that you know we get in a new hope this like idea that there was a you know a thousand generations period in which like generally things maybe not were good but things were well defended by these warrior monks and this this generation didn't go longer than 30 years before it got into a bureaucratic mess and it's that's that's kind of depressing like i just you know it's true it is also that luke went all you know came from kung fu instead of like being the sort of galactic leader warrior monk that he could have been well, that's what he was trying to do at first until snoke shows up and ruins the fucking party well i mean apollo hidalgo has hinted that he went like on his you know whatever let's wait for the movie yeah i know on, on his soul quest like as soon as shattered empire ended it's like why are you closing like i, I don't know i just i didn't get the idea that luke was going to go off hermiting yeah from jedi yeah I, there's things about this vision that bother because Yoda me. Because Yoda told him, pass on what you've learned. He didn't say, go be a hermit. Yeah, everything about the original characters from their portrayal in the movie to what's being done to them post-Return of the Jedi canon, I really don't like compared to the old expanded universe. I, there's nothing about it that I find interesting or within character. Actually, though Leia is actually really well characterized in, in Bloodlines. But like, it's not... It's so dismal. The only thing I really like about the new like movies, as far as that, is just the new characters themselves. As as well, you know, I mean, we're people. we're still we've barely touched the tip of the iceberg. That'd be like you know, after Star Wars comes out, you read Splinter of the Mind's Eye, and you're like, oh, this is all right. You know, like it's you got to wait years for this thing to build. You yeah, know? True. so 
Yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, of course, for more Star Wars news, you should definitely uh, follow us on Facebook, State of the Empire. If you want to dive into the spoilers, you know where to find us, Star Wars Spoilers on Facebook, where you can uh, you know, do things like... Uh, like the fine ma- master Stephen Peckham did, and uh, and give us your lowdown on Star Wars books as they come out. Yeah. Um, and again, if you want to, if you like this show, please do support us. Patreon is probably the best option, and it's uh, we're we're working towards the goals that will enable us to be able to uh, kind of afford the time and resources to produce shows like State of the Empire more regularly. Um, this has been a long show, so taking us out is a very short track. This is R2-D2 by Worm Quartet from his classic 2006 record, Sumophobia Alpha 2 EX Super Championship Turbo Edition. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Doug. Bye, I'm Matt. Bye, I'm Colin. R2-D2 lives in my butt. 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 Thanks for listening to State of the Empire. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show on all your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. I got two Star Wars jokes for you. (gasps) One of them I have to get out of the way because it's become very popular on Reddit. So in case you haven't heard this one, why can't you email a photo to a Jedi? Why, Doug? Because attachments are forbidden. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys see that new uh, Ken Burns documentary about how they built the Death Star? No, I didn't catch that. It was riveting. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Matt's making a face. It's like he ate a lemon. (laughs) Uh, the, terrible. The, yeah, the, the best one is about the the Ewoks. Have you heard that one? No, no. What's how's that? Why can't Ewoks yell and scream in the house? I don't know. They have to use their Endor voices. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. This one's this one's pretty lame. They're all pretty lame. What am I? Who am I kidding? How did Porkins fit inside his X-wing? I don't know, Doug. How did Porkins fit inside his X-Wing? He had to wedge himself in. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. We're going to read you one more. It's uh, a... Do you want to blow them all right now? No, 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 no. Because this this one's uh, not even a joke. This is a one-liner. A friend of mine at work who listens to the show, he just came up to me one day and he just asked me this question knowing it'd be a pun that I'd have to use. He says, uh, he goes, hey, in in which Disney park do you think they're going to park a full-size Millennium Falcon? In L.A. or Lando's? And I was like, "Damn, I'm gonna have to use that." <laughs> so uh, it's, and he knew, he knew it was bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm making the opposite of the lemon face on that one. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 